Welcome to BingeWatchPodcast.com, where we, just like you, love to find a show on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, iTunes, or wherever, and watch it as fast as we can. Music is provided by Fallen to Flux, off of their album, From the Outside Looking In. Ron is digging into. Uh, Let's see bike. what the sound of a chip being eaten sounds like on the microphone with this this amplitude here. <laughs> mm. Foley on stage one. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty good. And what it's a uh, Greek style chip. Too, yeah, it's so. a Lay's wavy. That's what I told Ron in the kitchen. Greek I said it's Zatzitsky. It's, it's, it's loaded with the European debt. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So, what were you going? You were about to say something, Paul. About what? I don't know. Oh, about... Um, Luckily, I'm not in your head. Uh, right before you started recording, we was talking about... Uh, you said that uh, Johnny Fever from WKRP in Cincinnati... Cincinnati. He turned 83, of course. And maybe 73. I'm, I may be exaggerating. Leonard Nimoy passed away this week, this past week, on Friday. Was he terrible. He was 83, right? He was 83. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He was born the same year my dad was, 1931. Hmm. God, that's old. Yeah, and I think about that because you know my dad passed away you know over ten years ago. So yeah. I was like, wow, my dad would have been eighty three. Wow, yeah, that's pretty old, man. Yeah. The uh, so I, when I saw that come up, and I mean instantly, like I keep up uh, at work. I have kind of CNN running on the background, and yeah, um, basically I, I'm trying to keep up with what's going on with ISIS or whatever during the course of the day. So I clicked over there, and it said Leonard, Leonard Nimoy. Was dead. I was like, damn, I just saw him on something, some interview show a couple months ago. Well, and he the, looked old. Yeah, but, well, yeah. and there he was, was still like very vibrant and whatever. Yeah, yeah, he was a huge creative person. I, you know, I got to, you know, I, I knew a little bit of background on him that there was, um, you know, after the initial TV series, there was that man, is, is this who I'm going to be for the rest of my life? But then, you know, he eventually came to terms with it because he was, you know, he was an artist, he was a photographer. Uh, director, he directed uh, Star Trek Four, I believe it was a music country mm-hmm. recording artist. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I he heard had, that. He had good pipes. <laughs> yeah, and it's 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 funny because uh, he really had come to terms with it. And yeah, he wrote two books. He wrote uh, the first book right after the shortly after the series ended, and he was, felt like he was typecast. He wrote "I Am Not Spock." Right, and then about ten years after that. He finally realized hey, when the when the gravy is, train rolled in. Well, that in the movies may, and maybe I am Spock. Yeah. Well, the second book was called "I Am Spock." Right. <laughs> well, and that, that's the thing that a lot of the it, it should like, have been Spock. I am. <laughs> that's more Yoda. Green, egg, <laughs> green eggs and ham said Spock. I am. Uh, that's the thing that it sounded like for most of the uh, the comments from the media on it is that he had come to terms with sort of the duality of the half man, half alien, uh, half Vulcan nature of the character. And it sort of fit him a little bit. And, uh, I mean, there was tributes from the, uh, astronauts up in the, uh, space station. 
Yeah, I saw that doing this today, uh, doing over the, the earth, the Vulcan salute, yeah. long and prosper. Yeah. yeah, so super cool. So I don't <clears> know if you guys said we're not we're not talking about that. No, right we now. are talking about this, but I, I don't know if you guys saw it on on uh, Twitter and Facebook you, yesterday. Because you can binge watch binge watch uh, binge watch uh, Star Trek, which I ha- I did go back and watch. I think the first season. And it's still pretty good, man. Yeah, I, it, it's it, hokey and it's sixties, but, but it, the story is still pretty, pretty good. Yeah, well, and you, you think about you think about the time that that came out. I mean, a lot of the stuff with race relations and things like that. It was and sexuality on TV. Mm-hmm. It was really ahead of its time. And Shatner was banging everything. So that's where I'm going. <laughs> I don't know. He had his own price line, and he said it. I don't know if you guys saw on Facebook and and Twitter and all that stuff yesterday. So I feel like I love Shatner in many, 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 many ways. I love Denny Crane. The Star shot. Trek. Denny Crane. I could deal without <laughs> TJ Hooker. <Yeah>. Um, Hooker. <laughs> Damn near killed him. <laughs> so I was just a stepping stone. He announced yesterday via Twitter that he would not be making uh, Nimoy's funeral because he had already previously in- agreed to um, speak at a Red Cross event. I think it's Red Cross. Something like that. Oh, what so, a jerk move. I, dude, I was just like, so that proves everything that everybody that's ever said anything negative about him, that he really like is all about Shatner and that, uh, you yeah. know, there's no, there's no, it's Shatner and then there's 500 other slots and then there's some other person, right? You said slots, right? Slots. Yeah, yeah. not slots. I'm sure there's some slots involved. Mm-hmm. But Did he, was who this- would have not at the point said, said like, uh, hey, one of the people I've known for the longest in my life, yeah, I, the most important friends. part of my life that has fed all the rest of my career was involved with this person. I'm out. You mean you got two days notice to find somebody else for a Red Cross event? I'm sure some other celebrity would have stepped up and done it. Mm-hmm. But Monday, which is tomorrow, I'm at Nimoy's funeral to say goodbye. If I'm going to do a, a Red Cross event and one of you guys passes, I will be at your funeral and I won't be at the Red Cross event. <laughs> yeah, and, and and seeing that's to me that sounds a little unfortunate because on NPR just a couple of weeks ago there was this on the Diane Reem show they was talking about she does she 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 talks uh, <laughs> it was they, was they was they was yeah. Uh, come on, come on! That was too easy. Uh, that was I just want to softball. Inter- interrupt your train of thought. Yeah, <laughs> and you little as it. it may be, and they were talking about how the Red Cross is sort of coming off like a scam. Is that they're sort of like the whole um, uh, Susan G. Komen thing, where they collect all this money, but very little ever gets. It's all whoa, for sure. It's for it, sure. it's it's all uh, awareness. And it runs into advertising and administration. And to pay Shatner costs. to talk yeah. at this fucking thing, which is probably, he's getting paid like 20 grand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man, you can't, brother can't miss a payday for a duty new. I mean, oh my God. So I just thought, one way or the other, I just thought it was a complete dick move. I mean, there should be in everybody's life a certain amount of like core people that they're passing and saying goodbye and all this stuff. Does nothing supersedes that, right? Right. right. Um, I just thought did it was it take a total a, dick thing. Did it take a while for it? everybody to figure out that he did a dick move because he posted it in Esperanto. Was that, cause was that a font? Well, <laughs> apparently that was his thing that he did. He, he promotes the Esperanto language. He actually did a movie all in Esperanto. What is that? Esperanto yeah. is this, it's this man-made language. That's sort of a mix of a whole bunch of things, Latin base, uh, Spanish base, stuff like that. 
Weird. But he apparently so it's like the lost uh, romance language, like a hybrid language. Yeah, it's a, like a pigeon language, sort of. Okay, and uh, apparent he at some Ixnay point. The... Yeah, pig Latin. <laughs> I'm out on that movie, by the way. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> last podcast, I explained why I get so bored and I can't really watch foreign films that are subtitled. The last thing that I want to do is watch a movie that is in a is is on purpose in a, in a language that no almost no one understands. That uh, I then have to read the subtitles. Yeah, I remember uh, reading a little bit and hearing a little bit about the back and forth about no, if, like with anime especially, watch it in the and read the subtitles. You know, so you can hear the original voice. And I'm like, no, no, I do not. <laughs> I do not want to spend half my time looking at the bottom of the screen. It's like what? Well, what just especially went by? with something that's animated, that you really should be paying attention to what's on the screen because. Some artist has done all this work. I don't want to be looking at these damn letters on the bottom. Well, it's, it's not a, that I'm a big anime fan. Well, it, for me, it's <laughs> it's a processing thing too. You think about it is that you're trying to do two things at once, and your focus is it's like texting while driving, right? Or maybe, well, <laughs> but you know, you know what I mean. It's that mostly you're looking at the bottom. Drive. You're, you, yeah, you think about the better. you think about the rule of thirds with like uh, how you compose things right. for cinema, right? And something is happening up here. Well, and like then you're that, down here reading the stuff. Well, exactly. Stuff you have bottom. to like if that's the point, and you realize that, let's say, fifty percent of your audience is not going to see this or understand it in its native language. That's the ultimate shoot to protect, right? Remember when they had to have to shoot to protect because the pan and scan version was going to be so shitty when it went to VHS. Right. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's a field like a field safe, right? Or and so they would just keep everything pertinent in the middle because they didn't want all this pan and scan stuff. It's you got to keep everything pertinent to the story, like right down where the subtitles are, so that people can actually like look at the subtitles and what a what a load of crap that was, pan and scan. Oh god, it was terrible. <laughs> and then you would get like one of my favorite movies, which um, ha- is completely done in shoot to protect, because Cameron was such a hater of pan and scan. Uh, the Abyss is all shoot to protect. Like when you watch that movie, everything that you need to watch is within that middle piece that he knew would make on the VHS. Because right. when he, most people were at that point, were going to watch that movie in VHS. He didn't want that whole pan and scan stuff to be done because it's awkward. Like, oh, dude starts talking. Okay, we got the camera on him. Hold on, another guy that's off camera needs to talk. Right, Let's scroll the, the over the screen, right? mm-hmm. and show him and then scroll back when oh. if you were just watching it on a widescreen, it'd be the one shot the whole time. Well, and that, that's something uh, we was talking about uh, recently with, uh, MASH being the first five seasons coming on to Netflix. Uh, thinking about the four by three format for stuff, and I'm looking at it, it looks so. Visually, it's so awkward. Yeah, and it's so like terrible. I got this big widescreen. Thanks. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> yeah. God, Democrats fuck everything up. Man, they're so in charge think, of Hollywood. You think they could get something right? It's important yeah. that we tell everybody now that Paul is drinking a, yet again a dirty martini. Yes. Yeah. Which is the dirty Sanchez martini? Is he's not, it's making it so without deadly. vermouth, and you could have brought vermouth this time too, but you had a week. It's to Sunday go to the store. I only think of it on Sundays when we can't because <laughs> I only get hammered on Sundays. <laughs> but that's that's the funny thing is that last I think last week you talked about my old handle, Dirty Sanchez, and so I'm playing this uh, this game called Boom Beach. It's a, a mobile that's a game. yeah mobile game. Yeah, I, I think it's, fun. I had it's it like Clash Clash Clans that type of game, yeah. and so. After we talked about it, I had to name my character. I was like, Dirty underscore Sanchez. Yep. Here's, so I'm drinking a Jack and Coke. I'm having a um, 
Kraken and Coke. And I'm having a dirty martini. Uh, we decided this week we're going to uh, just, it's a free-for-all. It's a free-for-all. Right, um, and I'm green. completely out of meth, or I would be rocking it up in a spoon, or however you smoke <laughs> meth. I don't know. I don't understand how, how exactly how it works. I, I did. Just, I have not completed Breaking Bad, so I think you just rub it in your teeth. Right? I, okay, <laughs> it's, it's funny because I remember you mentioned that before that you didn't really like Breaking Bad, and that really surprised me because I sort of know know your taste in shows, and it's like, man, you, Brian Cranston is amazing. And it's okay. Like I like his character. And and I think probably maybe the 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 third or fourth and maybe third and fourth seasons or however long it went will probably be much more entertaining for me. But I think I talked about in our first podcast about how like I get character transition right and how he's going from high school teacher to drug lord badass dude. Right, but God, man, five years, hanging around for five years to watch that whole transition is a little long. Man, and so, shouldn't that cancer kill you at some point? Well, not only that, but it's you, there would be even within an episode, and I'm thinking about the episode where he becomes whatever his name is, like where he gets his oh Heisenberg Heisenberg, and he goes in with that the, hat, that and, pork pie, yeah. and he blows that stuff up you know he does that chemistry experiment essentially in front of the bad guys and blows their little office up or whatever in front of chuko or yeah yeah which chuko has been on a bunch of other shows he was on um, he did he did the uh the version of pocket sand but with something highly highly explosive instead right. of saying pocket sand and throwing it down <laughs> or doing the ninja smoke bomb trick he blew up the top of a fucking building right so but then the next scene he's like at home just his wife is fucking him up you know, and he's just like, okay, honey. It's like, well, at, at some point, character-wise, who are you? Are you this badass drug dealer guy or the guy that just goes home and gets beat up verbally by his wife? Well, yeah, I mean, I think the interesting thing is if you think about it, uh, that's sort of what I like the most. <laughs> Jig- jiggle that. Jiggly, jiggling Flash jack over into here. into the microphone. Is that he was doing this all for his family. And at a cer- certain point, his ego gotten the way oh yeah like almost everything yeah becomes because him. you know he was involved you know because he was a scientist and stuff and he he was involved with this company i don't know that we call a eighth grade or ninth grade no, science teacher he, a scientist he was he <laughs> was he was a, a research scientist that was involved with this company before he became a school yeah, yeah, teacher yeah, yeah and he passed on it and that company went on to be the dude who he passed on it with. No, it's yeah, like multi multi millionaire. Yeah, and so here comes the sour grapes train, and he finds mm. something that he can be a dominant factor. He can make a super high quality product to put all these other fools to shame. Where's the bragging rights in that? I, I don't know. It's like, I, am, I have the best meth. <laughs> I cause more people to go to an early grave than anyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the funny thing about the, the, the product. Let's cook. You know, the product <laughs> that they used in the show, it was. Um, Rock candy, they you know right. They right. like during the breaks they would be sitting there snacking on but it. But what's funny is I read an article mm, maybe a year ago that now like a lot of the meth cookers have made their meth look like the, what was on the show because then they'll think like oh my god it's the stuff from Breaking Bad. Well, it's that yeah. that goes back also. You can't escape good marketing. The right. uh, the mafia before the Godfather films they didn't really act like that, but they sort of. You know, and, and oh, own the personality, good fellas, and, and stuff like that. So, is it life imitates art, or art imitates life? 
That's right. Uh, if I knew a guy named Art, I'd ask him. So I do know knowing a, a guy named Art. I'll text him here in a minute. His name is Art Dumb. What? Yeah. <laughs> so um, that was the worst segue. <laughs> it's not a segue. It but is. what I'm trying it to might think, be. Well, so I think it, maybe we talk about a show now. You think? What uh, we just what rambled you, on for what, I don't know, twenty minutes. Well, I mean that's you know it's a good way to break up the break up. The, we have been talking about shows. In the, we have yeah. and hearing about. So Ron, you've done including the lost peel sessions. You did a, mm-hmm. a discussion about Archer. Hey right. uh, Ron, could did, did now, we actually talk about the peel sessions? What they were for people like what the fuck's the peel? Yeah, that time oh. that you got really intoxicated and knocked over, over all the equipment. And we lost a couple hours of audio. Oh, or <laughs> or the alternate theory yeah, yeah, is the that you picked an SD card that wouldn't hold enough information. And that's that, I, that I, either either one of them. That theory the cannot be proven. Theory. That theory cannot be. Although proven. the first one does sound better. Yeah. So then we talked more again fun. about Archer. So I was like, "F it, I'm going to watch Archer. It's on Hulu." And it was funny. So I did watch it. I, I'm like through season two and a half. Oh wow! You just you went you went bonkers. But it's only 24 minutes. Yeah, yeah I mean you could like literally before bed. I can watch like eight, eight episodes before I fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. So the, the so but it did prove to my prove my point why I have a difficult time watching shows like this and it's before I go on this little bit of a mini rant it's not highbrow I'm not saying like ooh they're talking about dicks and farts and stuff and I, <laughs> I'm just so much beyond that that is That's totally what absolutely absolutely love that stuff that outlandish humor yeah. it, it cracks me up blah 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 but what so I'll give you my best example of like why as I progress into shows like this it becomes less and less funny for me so there's a scene where I can't remember the, any of the characters' names, but it's the the secretary for the mom on Archer. Right. Okay, she's laying on a desk, and she's describing this fantasy she has about this fireman choking her. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. I, I, I think I watched that one last night. Actually. Okay, so <laughs> the night before last. This may be a little bit of a spoiler for you if that is as far as you can. You really can you really spoil a show like Archer? Yeah. I, well, so. She's in, in, and so she's laying on the, on the, on this, um, desk <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. her friend, the other lady that works at the office there is so sitting in the chair. The HR, the is one that can't, the HR that's really, they can't stop eating everyone on the show is sex crazy. You must <laughs> yeah. be having a case of the Mondays. <laughs> so she's laying on the, on the office, on the desk and she's like, you know, I'm just having this dream about there's this fireman and he's just. <laughs> You know, we're having sex and he's just choking me. And at first, it's just like he's choking me a little bit. And then it's getting harder and harder because firemen are really strong. And he's just, you know, he's just choking the shit out of me. And, and oh, my God, I'm getting so wet just thinking about it. And she looks up at her friend this and goes. This is the character, not you, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and she looks up at her friend and goes, could you choke me a little bit? <laughs> See, now that's, that's funny, dude. It was fucking funny. I laughed my ass off. I thought that is, like, brilliant. Okay. Then it becomes, they hit on something that's funny. Somebody said, hey, that's a funny thing. And three episodes later, which you'll get to here pretty soon, they build a robot to choke her. (laughs) Because it's just, they get on this one thing, it just, like, they can't get off of it. That's the callback. (laughs) Yeah, you gotta have callbacks. You gotta have callbacks. But it just, now her character has become, like, and there was nothing about this, like, previous to this deal. I mean, she was a little weird and sex crazed, But now... Every time she's on screen, all she talks about is like, oh, choking, hitting me, beating me up, <laughs> hit me with a bat. And so, you know, yeah. it, it progresses over the course of like three episodes, I want to say, from like this really, really funny joke to now the scientist that works for ISIS has to build a robot to choke her because that's the only way she can get off. 
And and now that character, which sounds, was one of my favorite characters, that sounds pretty hot. Yeah, is totally ruined for me because every time on screen she comes on screen, I'm like, oh, she's gonna get choked. Like she got slapped by her boss in one of the episodes down the road from where you're at, Ron, and she gets slapped and it pulls the camera pulls away and her face is all side of her face is all red and she's like, ow, what the. Hey, you got one more, one more of those in you? <laughs> All super funny, but then yeah. it's her her characters become so one note that it's, it's not funny for me anymore. Hey, and that's why sitcoms and funny shows that are like that short time period, like over a course of you know a season or two, they really wear me out, and I typically bail. Well, and that's that's the funny thing, and we talked about that before. Is that if it if you're watching episode after episode after episode, it can get stale. Because you know you're constantly okay. Yeah, I got the joke. But if you're watching it week to week, yeah. which is the Maybe way it's re- sitcoms, that just space out a little bit more. Yeah, could be. Yeah. Or you're dreaming about getting choked out. Either one. Yeah, I think yeah. I think it's probably a couple of firemen. What, what is our, I figure it's going to take a couple of them to take me down. <laughs> well, not if you're clearing the house with your with your with your gun. Uh, what's our favorite movie? Full Metal Jacket. Choke yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not with my hand. <laughs> yeah, not with your hand. With my hand. Nope. <laughs> Lean into it. <laughs> Don't pull my hand to you. You come to my hand. But I, w- I would say overall, I've enjoyed it. It's been fairly funny, you know. But it goes by so fast. It's it's kind of. I cool. just like it because it makes me laugh, and it, even it can get ridiculous I, at, I, at certain points. I think but, like Paul hit the hit the nail on the head there. If you're watching it, you're binge watching it, and you're you're just going bam, 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 one after another. You're you're a lot of the stuff, a lot of the jokes are repetitious, and that that and then you get kind of oh, okay, they've done that, been there, done that, because you're watching them all in a row. But if you like Paul said, if you watch them over, like they show them and they air them, you know, a week between them, uh, or or more depending on the schedule, TV schedule, uh, then it's like oh yeah, that's I forgot that was really funny. Well, yeah, and it, a certain amount of it, you know, human memory, it fades away. Yeah. And then, but you, what did you say? I, mean, I can't remember. Yeah. Human, yeah. What? what? <laughs> human memory fades away by the next week when you watch a new episode. And, and then, that's why I've become a cyborg. Ron gets that. Oh, you haven't gotten to the cyborg part. Oh. So, Ron, Ron's sitting here. I will have a Greek chip now. <laughs> I would say, so that's kind of the downside for the show for me. The upside is, a little bit, is I identify a little bit with Archer's character. Because I actually think he's plain dumb a lot of the times to annoy the people around him. Right. And I do that, if you know me, I do that all the time. That's one of my favorite bits is, I don't know what's going on. And and then people kind of go off into their own little thing, and then that's funny to me. Like, if they think I'm dumb and I don't get it, I don't understand. It gives um, him a free pass on a lot of ex- stuff. Well, exactly. <laughs> it's a free pass, but he, I, I, it's probably 50% of the time where – the scene is kind of set up to show how stupid he is. I think he's punking the other people in the scene. Yeah. yeah. Well, and do you read that the same way? Like he's bit. not really that dumb. No, he, no. Well, he's, he's too good of, of an agent to be that dumb. He's yeah. he's <laughs> he's got a certain skill set, and but he is a little tiny child inside. So he always <laughs> wants to get his way. He's got his. He's working he has for his freaking severe mom. mama mommy issues. Oh yeah. yeah. And one of my favorite thing he favorite things he does is like. When he feels like he's proved his point, or the other person has become so annoyed with him, they will no longer interact with him. He'd be like, "Hey, Lana, 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 <laughs> Lana!" <laughs> and then she goes, "What?" And he's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah. So Very I, simplistic. I've enjoyed the show. Um, I, again, it's kind of the same. The monotony of it gets to me over time, but I, I think I'll continue to watch it. And the uh, what's Aisha Tyler's character? 
his ex-girlfriend. Lana. Oh, that's Lana. Yeah. Uh, the, the animators love showing her in various states of undress. Well, that and her, she's always, this <laughs> and, is her stance. She, she has. <laughs> she's always got her hip cocked off to the side. Right, her, and she's usually always in a bra, and, only in bra and panties. And her profile is magnificent. <laughs> you know, yeah, they, they, they drew her correctly. Yeah. So I would say the other thing I find entertaining, not entertaining, but kind of is like, hey, it's cool. I love the artwork, and it reminds me of the rotoscope work that was done on um, on a scanner darkly, where they actually shot it and then yeah. had the computer rotoscope it all. Yeah. So I don't know if you know anything about it. I would be interested to find out a little bit like how that is all shot, because it's fairly accurate movement and character and all that kind of stuff. And um, like they'll show this, you know, the, the typical setup shot where it's like, oh, here's we're at the ISIS office. And it looks like a photo that they've taken and had rotoscoped, and now it's in the... Like they used a live reference. Yeah, for yeah. To, to the, I, I'm sure they do Do you know that. anything about that? Uh, and as our resident animator, I feel right. like if you don't, Animation you're really expert. falling down on the job. Well, I'm not a 2D animator, so I wouldn't know. But, <laughs> but yeah, I think... You, that's I think, beneath me. I think, I think they're... Dude, I'm totally working on a 4D thing, man. I can't be wrong. <laughs> I'm folding space and time. <laughs> see, but see, the that's space. A, the spice must flow. <laughs> that's funny. You talk about spice. There, were, there was just a little segue. Spice melange. A, the spice is uh, like over in Russia. You know the whole thing with people taking bath salts and stuff like that as a drug. They're doing that here. Well, they're Some doing kids that here. Just died but in Plano doing there's it. a new hybrid thing over in Russia. They were talking about this last week, and they're calling this hybrid. The spice, uh, and I'm like, spice. does your eyes turn blue? What, <laughs> yeah. what happens? So spice? one of my does favorite things, and I do this all the time at work. Like, I'll make a prediction. Like, I'll say in a month, this is going to happen. In a month, you're going to be fired, and then sometimes, that guy is surprised when he sometimes, and it's either a positive or a negative thing. And when I'm right, people will look at me and like, how did you know? And I'll just yell. I am the Quidzak Hatteras. <laughs> and only... <laughs> only next, I get it. Yeah, only, I was about to say, only... Only Dune folks will get that reference. <laughs> see the dude in the back of the office nobody talks to? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. Right on, brother. <laughs> Frank Herbert. Which, uh, I, that's a weird deal. I just saw that they're coming out, or they're thinking about uh, remaking Dune. Yeah. Well, they made it once, that really awful made-for-TV one. Well, I I didn't know. I like I in, if I had to rank them, the one with Sting, I would say I liked better than the TV one. But I yeah. liked them both. They were very very. The uh, God, who starred? It was like William Hurt. Who was all in that? The one for TV was it oh. Sci-Fi? Did it? Mm, could be probably. Well, while yeah, we're talk- it, was, it was. It was. I know it was shown in Sci-Fi, but did they actually produce it and, and make it? You, you want right. to Google that while we talk about I, it? So, I will IMDb that. So I actually app. enjoyed them. I liked Lynch's version of Dune. Yeah, right. Um, I wish he could have made it kind of like, I think, what he originally wanted to, to make it like a, of course, it had been like, what, six hours? <laughs> a six-hour movie? Yeah. I mean, it was definitely his take on it. And, and I'm okay with, like, taking source material. I think we talked about this last time. And putting and taking another talented person's spin on it, totally okay. And I, and I actually do kind of dig, like, if Dune gets remade, and this is a third, you know, version of it, that they're dra- dra- drastically different. I'm on my third drink now. Um, <laughs> yeah, William Hurt was Duke Leto. Yeah, with... with um, was, that, Jer- was he Jared Leto? Is that what you said? Oh, Duke Leto. Duke, I'm sorry. Yeah. Same Jared. thing. Same who thing. Was, who, was who is Ginger's favorite 30 Seconds for Mars band? She loves that music. Oh, Lord, does she hate them with a passion. I don't get it. <laughs> It's, it feels like it's right in her wheelhouse, but no. 
Um, so I really want to watch this. Have you guys heard of um, Jordowski's Dune movie? The documentary? I've heard of it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I see it here on IMDb, 2013. Yeah, so he was the guy that actually initially wanted to make Dune, and he had all these people, including Geiger, um, the guy that did the Alien series, do tons of artwork, and it was going to be like super surreal, and, and his definitely a take on it. Um, I can't remember the other movies. You've seen his uh, a couple of his other things. But it's um, the documentary. Um, I watched it a while back. It is called Jordowski's Dune. It came out in 2014 highly recommended if you like that material if you like how movies are put together if you like the the production the build-up because it goes through all the artwork that they did and in and when we look at the artwork you think if like the yellow submarine artists went and we're gonna make dune That's just how oh, funky it was yeah. and everything and um it's super like over the top like colorful and all the stuff that it would have been a i think a really cool um, thing. So let me see if I can look up what is it. Is that on uh, Netflix streaming? No, I think you have to buy it right now. Ah, pirate, so, uh, pirate hour, hour and a half documentary. I wonder what the odds of getting that seated on Pirate Bay are. It's like two people seating it. <laughs> well, no, I would bet you'd be. I'd be like if you could get into any of the. But um, H.R. Geiger did a lot of the pre. Is it Geiger? Yeah. Is it Geiger or Geiger? <laughs> I don't know. I've heard it both ways. Well, I pronounce it Geiger because I think in last week's podcast or the podcast before, I get in the habit of intentionally mispronouncing names. GIF or GIF. And then I get a year down the road and I'm like, <laughs> don't get is that it started. the way I pronounce it or the way I've been making fun of how to pronounce right. it? The way I now prefer it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, let me look up. You guys have seen some of his other stuff. Um, yeah, like look at this. Look at this little artwork. Well, you may have seen very Geiger ish. Oh yeah, yeah. If you've ever seen El Tupo, The Holy Mountain, Tusk, um, The Voice Thief, like a lot of um, kind of weird El Tupo, I think is the one that I've seen the most of, and I think that stars. um, It's a western, a weird ass western movie. Nailed it on the description there. Here's a piece of artwork from it that's like it's a comp. It really truly looks like a combination of Geiger and. Whoever did the uh, Yellow Submarine. Uh, for the Beatles? Yeah, yeah. no, totally. Which yeah. I've seen that Yellow oh, Submarine yeah. maybe three or four times. Yeah. And the first time I wa- when I watched Jordaski's Dune, and I'm probably mispronouncing his name as well, but you can, you've can you got it there on your phone. Take a shot at yeah, it. Yeah, it hey, looks like Jordan. Hey, and uh, shoot, uh, shoot Brian uh, a quick email with that so he can uh, put it up on the show notes. Yep. So I've got it pulled up here. But um, the... The first visuals I saw, I was like, man, that's right between Geiger slash Giger, Geiger, whatever his name is, and Yellow Submarine. Right. It's, it would have been super cool. I, w- I would have loved to have, te- have seen that wild of a take on it. And um, the, the documentary is about how everybody was, all the, the artists and the actors, had a ton of people signed up to do it. They just could not find the money to get it made. Um, but I did see an article this week that they're going to, another stab at Dune. I mean, you know, I think the sci-fi went all the way through profit of Dune, if I remember correctly, and yeah, then they it stopped. Was, there was a there was quite a few books of it, and I know that I remember when the movie <clears throat> first came, the original movie first <clears throat> first came out. My brother loved the books. And oh, he I, was, I was so disappointed when the movie came out. Right, because it's, it's not that Lynch is in this Lynch. He's not going to go take some source material and go here. Here's a one hundred percent. 
faithful um, adaptation yeah, of it. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, hey, here's David Lynch's mm-hmm. take, which I right. love. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm totally okay with that. And I, I, I love the books. I was a huge fan of the books. I love the movie. I really liked what sci-fi did, which was a much more like, hey, let's dial it back and do what the books were about, kind right. of. A little bit more straightforward. But David Lynch's take was much more along the lines of, and I don't know if he was aware of or had seen. Yeah, I'm trying. That's good you're leaning because I'm trying to yeah. talk over your chip My crunching. Jumping. I like it, though. Your Greek chips. It has a little uh, ambiance. As, uh, he's, he's dipping them in drachmas right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. Every one of these chips is worth 750,000 drachmas. That's right. <laughs> Germany hates us. Yeah. It's covered in spice. <laughs> yeah, the... The uh, by the way, the art director of Yellow Submarine, who I'm assuming was in charge of the animation since he's the number one guy, was Heinz Edelman. Yeah, Edelman. I don't know if he worked on that other deal, but uh, super cool. So, like one of the um, the western that um, Jordalski made, El Tupo, um, I saw it a long, long time ago. It's pretty cool. It's pretty freaky. It's definitely. Uh, El Tupo descends to confront warrior masters on a transformative desert journey. He begins with a six-year-old son who must bury his childhood totems to become a man. I mean, he's definitely got a little bit of a take and a, and a weirdness to his films. I, th- I really liked El Tupo. Um, Wait, uh, was that mid-70s? or? Yeah, it was uh, well, 68. Oh, okay. His kind of like wheelhouse is like mid-60s to mid-70s, and then he's gone. So was uh, was it sort of a... Spaghetti Western-ish? Ish. But if you think of like Spaghetti Western meets... Um, what's the guy that did all the weird Italian movies? Uh, Fellini? Fellini, yeah. Yeah, if you think uh, Spaghetti Western meets Fellini. It's along those lines. Oh, Ooh. so sort of a fettuccine? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well done, Paul. Thank you. I'll be all With here. a little pesto. <laughs> little, little presto. Little Greek chip. Yep. So, what your shirt? What what shirt? What's the symbol on your shirt? Oh, that's uh, the logo for Real Effects, the mm. animation studio I work for. Okay. Okay. There cool. A plug for them. Looks they always, like, looks like I'll like, send them a bill for a thousand dollars. It looks like the cover of the first Audio Slave album. It does. I was like, is that an audio <laughs> thing or maybe it's an homage? Could be. It could be. Could be. Is, um, uh, do the people? How long has Real Effects been around? Um, for over twenty years. Okay. Obviously, it came after. Maybe they ripped off real effects. Well, this logo's new. Oh, well, so, are there we? Oh, no, no. Who, I don't know. I'm not whoever involved. Did the, whoever did the logo for the company? Prank, prank call, prank call. I'm <laughs> involved in that. It was prank probably, call. maybe a, may have been an Audio Slave fan. All right, so Just let's, saying. let's do a time check here. We're at 35 minutes. You guys want to freshen up drinks and we'll come back? Yeah, sure. Okay. All right, cool. Sure. <laughs>
Yeah, it's it's just too much. We need to get you some cough drops or something. At least I'm on the tail end of this whatever algae. Tuberculosis. Or RTB, whatever it is. <laughs> Look into my eyes. You have Ebola. <laughs> God, I think I would rather have Ebola and just get it done with and suffer like eight years of TB. You cannot hug your dead relatives. This I don't want to hug my dead relatives. This, this gives you the Ebola. So, Ron, you got a show you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, I would, you know, briefly, we, I think we may have, I don't know if we discussed this on and on air or off, but um, started watching, was a big, big fan, uh, loved uh, the HBO miniseries Band of Brothers. Yep. Uh, terrific show. Um, watched all of it, and uh, we can always discuss it at some point. But um, the... Um, the sequel are the uh, alternate theater of war in World War Two. Bands of band of sisters. Band, band of sisters. No, otherwise known as well. The of course, Band of Brothers was about the European campaign and the army. Um, the Pacific is the other uh, follow up kind of. Did you finally series. watch this? Yes, I'm I've in, been I'm, bugging you for like two years. I know, I know, and I'm finally I'm now watching. I'm, I'm just getting into it, um, and I'm just getting kind of started into it. To watch, watch, watch the first uh, two or three episodes of it. And um, so I can only, I'm going to comment today just briefly on kind of what, how, how it... What is it called? The Pacific. The Pacific, okay. Yeah, it's a 10-episode miniseries, uh, basically chronicling the, um, the Marines campaign in, in the Pacific, obviously, of, uh, you know, taking island by island on their way oh, to Iwo uh, Japan. Yeah, yeah. Is that Spielberg? Uh, yeah, executive... Produced by Spielberg, exactly. Tom Hanks. Yeah, Hanks is in the mix. Right, yeah. Man, Both he of them. is pulling in mad cash. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's well I done. Respect, uh, respectfully, though. Isn't SSKG about to go out of business? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I know that uh, from the animation side that, um, that Katzenberg wants to unload uh, DreamWorks animation big time. Really? Yeah. yeah well, yeah, he's had... They, I say he. You they and I have, talked about what was the one, the big one that went out of business a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it was PDI. Yeah, PDI. PDI, and that was part of DreamWorks. They, yeah. had, they had PDI has been around since the early eighties. Um, and that was da- Pacific Data Images. Oh, I thought it was Penis Digital Imaging. It, <laughs> it's one and the same, actually. You know, they did motion capture. They put a little dot. There's, there's little only so on much it. Wiener stuff that we're over. The Wiener market's oversaturated. We got to close you guys down. That's yeah. what she said. Uh, but it, so that was a big surprise when they closed that down because they thought, if anything, because they laid off over 500 artists. No, yeah, it's like crazy. And, and they thought that that unit would be protected because it was still sort of separate but incorporated and it's like yeah sort of like bye bye yeah so you've started watching how many episodes are you into i think we've watched now the for a third of the way we watched the first three okay um is this on netflix basically no it's hbo hbo HBO. i'm watching it on uh, i think it's one of the best things has ever done netflix does not carry this i'm watching it currently right now on amazon prime oh so it is on prime is it all on Prime, or is it yeah, like the whole, first? Whole, it's first, only one season. The first, the first it's, only, it's only one season. It's only ten episodes, and they're all. It's all Prime. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, definitely check it out if you have Amazon Prime. I do, but um, it's kind of you know. So I'm so I'm just kind of getting into it, starting out into it. I can only compare how Band of Brothers started versus the Pacific started, and I think in comparing the two, I think Band of Brothers was stronger of how Does it starts, much stronger. At yeah. the, first, the if the Pacific has any like 
total suckage. It's how that first opening hour is, and it's so boring, so It's slow. a little discombobulated. It's, it's just, all over know, the place. You yeah. don't understand who the characters are, yeah. what's going on. You know, we're like, we're like Band of Brothers started with them basically in, in basic training, uh, or paratrooper school, whatever. They, you know, they were, they were, you know, and David Schwimmer was their, you know, commanding officer at that point. Um, and played it kind of well to the hilt, playing the bumbling kind of, Cockknocker. Right. <laughs> Why do Playing. they call you a cockknocker? <laughs> Playing the guy that <laughs> thinks he knows it all, but it really he really doesn't. He's kind of inept. Um, but uh, so it starts. Luke Skywalker, by the way. Well, yeah. and it's funny that uh, that's sort of very much his way he was on Friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> to it, a certain extent. It was kind of has like the military version played, of uh, yeah of his friends character. Has he ever played anything substantially different other than the Cockknocker character? Not really. Like I I really like that movie. Uh, my wife and I both really like the movie The Paul Bearer. And he kind of plays that same that. the same role this kind of you know slightly inept, you know, dude with So that's problems, a, that's you know. 3. That's the golden triumvirate and it kind of means that he's probably just a Cockknocker and he's just <laughs> coming out there and doing himself. Yeah, it can be possible quite possibly. I can't remember a role that I've seen him in where I'm like going, oh, that's a really strong, different different take on him. He's like know, a, a, a bumbling Tom Cruise. Well, but I well, thought he the, displays the same uh, thing. For Band of Brothers, I thought he was perfect. For yeah. that, for that yeah, yeah. character, right. Yeah. yeah, he's absolutely perfect for that. You know, But yeah, Band of Brothers just starts re- really strong and then you kind of identify You're into the, it, the guys, you understand. Right, you know, you know, kind of know where they're coming from. You kind of get them from basic training. And so then when they finally get you know, D-Day and, and, and come into doing everything, uh, you kind of get it. You know, you kind of get, you know, you kind of see where it progresses. Where the Pacific's a little more, it's a lot slower, a lot more like, okay, I can maybe kind of see now how these things are, are starting to interrelate. But then like the one dude, the, the dude that played um, in um, Walking Dead plays uh, Shane, you know, is in that. And he dies right. like right away. Big, big spoiler, spoiler Um Dies in what, second or third episode. And... But you really didn't know much that much about him, other than little right. bits you saw, you know, there. But you, you know, when he dies, it's like, okay, well, yeah, people die in a battle. Um, you get more of the sense of instead of a like character involvement, you get more sense of just the overall picture of the Marines of how, you know, that they gutted it out, you know, in Guadalcanal that the Navy had to leave them for a while because the Japanese Navy was 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 battling them and drove them off, and and the Marines were kind of left on the island there to fight it out themselves, you know, against the Japanese forces that were on the island, without any really support, air support, or in fact, Jap- they had more Japanese troops had more air support than the um, the American troops did. Yeah, the Americans the had did. zero for quite yeah some for a time. long time. It had zero air support, and it was the first decisive battle of the Marines won. And they, you know, like at the end of I can't remember it was episode two or whatever or three that says. You know, you guys are on the front page of every newspaper in America that you're heroes because they were the first, you know, initial engagement to win a, a battle, you know, after Pearl Harbor, you know, win a battle against um, Yeah, because they had been on the, the island for months with zero communication, and they came they came back, and uh, they were on the boat after they'd been, quote-unquote, rescued and taken off the island after all the fighting. Yeah, and after the Army came and started you know, being basically placeholders <laughs> right hey we conquered the place once you guys just hang out um and that's when the cook is like don't you guys understand who right. you are you yeah got, everybody knows yeah you, everything about what you guys have been doing for yeah, months you guys are every, like, every paper in america you're heroes yeah so 
but yeah, it's it's just it's slower developed, but it's, but it's getting better. So uh, you know, I think it's if you're so in that position, to stick the, with it. One of the main issues that the, the and then I I would say this is the only issue I think that the series has that's substantial is that they're combining three books that were written by the actual soldiers involved in right. into the story, and they're interweaving that, and that's one of the first one and a half episodes for me. You're like, what? What's going on? It's slow. And who's that guy? And why did you just cut to this? And it, it just wildly goes from like this one person to another person's enlisting. There's no setup. There's not a lot of narration. And I, and, and I almost bailed maybe probably on episode two with like, I don't understand any, like I was such a big band of brothers fan. Mm-hmm. I was right. like, I don't get where any of this is going. I was really bored about one and a half way through stuck with it. Cause I was like, at some point this has got to pan out. And actually, I would say that the Pacific for me is I like it better than the Band of Brothers because cool. I think it's a it's it ends up in what and I'm, this is what I, I probably am being very redundant for you and and uh, in terms of like why I liked it or what why I didn't understand it, but the you know the big thing for the Band of Brothers piece right was you got to actually see those guys interviewed after the fact. Right, right, right. You know, mm-hmm. so the humanity the of it real, was real uh, Captain Winters. Right, and, all and it's and, and once I understood, like, this is based on books that these guys came back and wrote. Mm-hmm. And you see the full circle They're of, real like, stories, their yeah. entry into the war, the war for them, and then their last couple of episodes is, like, the outro. Like, them getting back into life and being right. reassimilated. And for me, like, I'm stupid, so I go out and I... I didn't read those books, but I did read all about the characters, their books, what all was entailed on that. And for me, the big hook was my favorite character was the most innocent coming in to the whole thing. And by the time everything was said and done, he was probably the most prolific killer of them all. And then he, when he went back and reassimilated into life, he didn't. He was became a college professor and never mentioned, never spoke one word. Wrote it all down. Wrote a book that he wanted to be released, like after you know he died, right? Which it was. It was really well received. And his but his kids read the book and they're like, "Who is this? this is, who is this guy? This isn't my dad. My uh-huh. dad is the sweetest guy. He's a college professor, and." But this what? book is about my dad being cold-hearted, cold-blooded, psychopath killer, and I don't know who this person is. And that's why he didn't want it released during his lifetime, because he didn't want to ever have his kids look at him as what his right. period of life had yeah. been. Right. right. Well, was, any of, uh, was there at any, at any point after the book came out that anybody, did anybody corroborate what he was saying about his time in the service? Or, you know, because... You never know. You know, it could be how much BS. How well, much, I don't think there's or a lot. How the, much confabulation is there after the fact? You know, what I don't I mean? think there's much. And the whole point of like much, and I'm definitely a history, a World War II history buff. That what I've always read is that the the American experience in in Europe was pretty violent and pretty bad, but it was nothing <laughs> right. compared to yeah, what nothing. went on in the Pacific because. It wasn't about mass formations and tank battles and artillery. The Pacific was much like Vietnam. It was very inch Times by a thousand. Oh, it was very inch It was close quarter combat. Yeah. It was like you're five feet away from a guy. It's too close to shoot. What do you do? Do you do you bodies face off? Do you hit, beat him to death with your right. gun? Do much you stab more him? Hand-to-hand do you reach and in and grab his pull his eyes the, out? Plus and, the Japanese, you know, fighting aesthetic where they were, you know, 
you know, fight to the death. You know? And, and they, they entrenched themselves. So they dug down into two positions to oh, yeah. where, you know, it was like Vietnam, like Brian was saying, you know, a lot of ways that you had to go in and get, well, they had gone into all these <laughs> islands and set up camp, you know, cause and, where else and you dug get in it? and they were ready, you know, and there uh, weren't huge islands by any long oh, shot. No, no, so not at all. what are you going to do? <clears throat> You're going to go down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and, and the, the series is much more violent than, and you haven't you haven't gotten there yet, Ron. And, and I'm looking forward to it because my you know my background is, for me is my dad was a Marine Corps officer, and, right? And of course he studied. You know he was in he was in he Korea. was a kid he was a kid during World War Two. Was he in uh, Korea? Uh, no, he uh, came in right after Korea and then went in reserves right before Vietnam. Right, my dad he, was, my dad was in Korea, but he was in the Navy, so yeah. So he was all, you know, he, you know, of course, when you're, you know, you study World War II as a Marine officer, you study, you know, and you study World War II tactics, you know, Marine tactics. And, and at that point, it was still very current. Oh, sure. It was very current. And then him being, him being a child of, you know, a, a you know, kind of a preteen during World War II, uh, you know, it was all, he knew the news stories anyway, you know, of, of, of the Pacific battles and all that. So, you know, and then, and then experiencing it, you know, studying it. You know, extensively as a Marine Corps officer, he, uh, you know, was always would tell me, you know, details growing up about, you know, World War Two and, and the Marines battles in there and how, how bloody so, and how violent and how, you know, close up and, and awful it was to, to, to the, for the troops that went through all that, you know, but it was what had to be done. It yeah, was, it's freaking horrible. So my, my favorite mm-hmm. character in the Pacific is Eugene Sledge. So when I say, do you do you have you are you far enough in to know who that is? Because I think he is he the is he the guy that comes in late later the he's the, the guy who's whose dad was who dad kept him out. He's a so doctor long. and said your heart is right, right, right you're right, not right. in good yeah. physical. Yeah, I can tell he's just coming in now, and he, he, I can tell he's uh, um, that they're kind of why they're doing this is he's got to be a central guy. Yeah, know? no, he's he's my favorite character, and in his book is called with the old breed. Um, and it was based on another book. It's called Island of the Damned, a Marine at War in the Pacific. Um, Helmet for My Pillow is another book by, that was written by Robert Lickey. So to, World War II has so many cool books, and they named them so well. Um, Island of the Damned with the mm-hmm. Old Breed, Helmet for My Pillow. And um, like Vietnam, it was like we, that book, uh, We Were Soldiers Once right. and Young is yeah. the name of the book. Yeah, right. Um, they always name their books like such intriguing titles that like you make you want to go read it. And like now, like and I, I I'm a big fan of like Anthony Swafford, and I did read Jarhead. It's not like you see Jarhead. Oh, I've gotta read that. It sounds good. Like the the titles, and it just immediately I feel like title on down. I'm drawn into their story, really really immediate. But yeah, so Eugene um, Sledge is my favorite character of the, of the whole thing. Yeah. He's, uh, I could tell that they're building him up to be. To well, be where something. you're right now, he's like 18, super innocent. Right. Just coming in, you know, he's, I'm telling you, he don't go out that way. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of gathering, gather, gather that. Well, and that's, that's the funny thing about anybody, uh, any of the guys that I've known that went through desert storm and things like that is nobody is ever quite the same. If you saw any action. Is or if you knew people that saw action, that it, it affects you. I mean, because totally, yeah, without a doubt, yeah. The uh, in, interesting one I like, why I love Band of Brothers. Another reason why I love Band of Brothers so much. There's a personal connection with me, is that my 
uncle, my uh, my mom was one of eight, and my uh, this was her closest brother. There was um, out of eight, there were um, three girls and and five boys, and our closest. Uh, in age to her was only two years. Can you imagine having eight kids, nine oh, kids? No this kidding. No but kidding. you think about it, guys in our age group, and you know, is that our parents? Two. I'm done. Our our <laughs> our parents. Yeah, exactly. Our, but our parents, my parents, you know, they came from very large families, like well, eight, eight siblings. And it's two, like, kind of, you know, the, <laughs> where, where they were coming from. This was Buddha a, for contraceptives, right? Yeah, they Ar- were Arkansas. Well, this was, you know, they were Oklahoma farmers, and so cranking out, especially boys, it's field hands. That's field, that's that's work. That's extra helpers. That, that exactly. you could farm more and do more, and and not have to like you know, for the dad. You know, work is hard for my for my grandfather. Pay, pay him less. You know, yeah. You work for you work because I'm telling you to. And <laughs> so, you, I would you, like to calculate to eat, you know. whippings per mile. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but that. But, I, but I, anyway, I, my uh, my point was my my mom's brother was um, he was two years older and he served in um, in World War II. He was a fresh um, went in the army and was a paratrooper. And he was one of the um, replacements, like in Band of Brothers, one of the replacements that comes in. He was one of the... Uh, you ain't nobody. Yeah, he was one of the replacements that came in after D-Day, but was there for the Battle of the Bulge. And he was uh, served in Battle of the Bulge and was shot. Um, I got a Purple Heart for it. I got a shot uh, during the Battle of the Bulge by a, uh, a uh, Tiger tank. A machine gun bullet from a Tiger tank hit him in the leg and told, you know really messed up his leg. And he... That's a fifty cal, right? Yeah. And he um, hid to survive. He hid in a haystack. It was in a field, and there was these haystacks in there. And so he crawled into this middle of this haystack and uh, spent the night in there until the um, um, you know the Germans had passed. The Americans kind of came back into that area and had secured the area. But um, you know he had. You know, he could hear during the night. He could hear the German tanks running over the bodies of the of his comrades, of his of his buddies, and, and making sure they were dead and killing them, killing a lot of them. And he was scared to death they were going to come through one of the, come through that haystack that he was in, obviously. But um, did he jump yeah. out at any point with a baseball bat <laughs> and kill some Nazis? <laughs> no, not why, like why would he have a baseball inglorious bat? bastards? Inglorious bastards. <laughs> yeah. But no, he uh, and the thing is, you know, like you were just saying, Brian, is that you know he didn't. Talk about it to his family. You know, his my my cousins, my first cousins. Uh, he had four kids. They had four kids when he came back from war. Um, and uh, the youngest one is is just two years older than me. And uh, my cousin, my cousin Pat. And but he wouldn't. He just really didn't talk about it. You know, they had to basically kind of try and pry a few things from him. But just from the horrors he saw in battle, and uh, and from from that whole experience there in the Battle of the Bulge, he, it, was, it, it kind of you know, scarred him for life. Well, you know? and who wants to come back from something like that, especially if you've done, like, as you'll see with the Sledge character, the stuff that he does, and get married and have kids and, and say, yeah. Oh, by the way, I, I killed... fucking beat dudes' heads <laughs> in with fucking my, my, my gun. Rifle, right. Or I've shot people in the face from, like, inches away right. and loved it. Not, I didn't. Hey, I'm doing this, but I love I loved being a killer. I mean, who? Nobody wants to come back and do that. Well, and I I totally get what you're saying because my granddad, he he didn't he wouldn't wasn't like a marine, but he was in the <clears throat> he was in the uh, maybe he was, 
but he he did support aircraft and aircraft mechanics in the Pacific. And I felt like when I was talking to him when I was 13 or 14, he had daughters. So I felt like at that point when I was 13 or 14, when he's telling me stories, it's probably the first time he's ever said any of this stuff. Yeah. Maybe to his buddies, like out on hunting trips when they're in, in completely... Yeah, inebriated, but I, I just don't feel like most of these guys come back and are like, hey, let me tell you about some well, sicko fucking and, shit I did. <laughs> right, And yeah. that's something that I've heard about specifically in World War II is that it was a cultural thing and it was a generational thing is that men, when they came back, they did not like share their feelings. You, you did what you did. You don't worry about it. Well, and there wasn't, you know, what the past was the past. You don't talk about it. Yeah, it was man up and get on the fucking down the road. You don't don't cry about it. You don't talk about it. There was no PSTD back then, you know. Oh, there was plenty of it. Well, it was, but they just, they just gutted it up and went on. Well, I'm a huge World War One buff and I read and in World War One, they would just fucking shoot you. It was like if you had, it was more horrible because it was close, closer trench warfare. Well, it was terrible. Gas and, but literally, if you basically cracked, you got fucking shot in a, they at a firing squad. They you were done. They couldn't. They couldn't, they couldn't trust you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like no. It was like very. Hey, this is we're men, and this was about war and blah blah blah. They did. It was some general making a decision who's been back at the chalet, you know, <laughs> drinking wine and eating um, yeah. pigeon and stuff. He and wasn't like, out there in the. Uh, what do you mean that, that guy trenches. can't? He's like sits in a chair and shakes all day, and he can't get back out there. That guy's a traitor. Shoot him, and they would just take him out into a field and fuck shoot these guys. <laughs> it, it's. Funny uh, that uh, series, uh, Nikki and I have been watching Downton Abbey. They had a story thread about right. one of the characters. Nobody she, watches Downton Abbey. She, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't even know why I bring it up. Is uh, that she works down in the kitchen, and I think a nephew of hers. Yeah, he that was on season five. He he yeah. he ran off. You know. Yep. And it was like, and it's not so much he ran off. He his, he he mentally broke. Yeah. And, and his they, they, fight or flight said flight. And they shot him. Yeah. They, they, that's what they did. They, that's you, what they did. It's treason and they you would be shot on you're the field. Deserter, you're a yeah. deserter. You shoot yeah. deserters. You know. And, yep. and, and uh, George Carlin had an amazing um, stand-up thing where he would do specifically about this topic and talk about shell shock. Oh, yeah. yeah. And combat fatigue. Is all, what became, all the fancy names that they make up and, for stuff. In World War II, it was like, oh, it's combat fatigue and and carlin be like whoa he's just tired he's just tired he's <laughs> yeah. he he needs nap. to rest up a while and then yeah you know, how they how the terms get watered down every yeah it becomes more of a clinical and watered down it's like no there's only so much killing and yeah it's people and blowing up and, and death yeah. and blood you're, carnage you're, you're, he said it's actually it's actually yes shell shock is a really good term for it <laughs> yeah you PSD. need to roll it back and say no this guy is Freaking the fuck out because shit's been blowing up around him for He's like a year. He's seen his buddies become dismembered yeah. body parts right in front of him. And that was the bit, yeah, that it, they eventually watered it down to PSTD. You know, it's like, right. what What the hell is that? It's an right. acronym. <laughs> well, PSTD allows us. I just read an article last week, this last week where one of these guys coming back from Iraq who has PSTD can't get back in. He froze to death. And um, this week's winter weather because he can't re- reassimilate. And, you know, he's freezing to death. So you're you're going to be surprised as you march through the Pacific how unbelievably... And they don't, they're not really shy about holding back on the violence right. on this. I mean, it just the violence, every episode ratchets up, ratchets up, ratchets up until at some point, like seven or eight, you're like, 
man, I don't know if I can take this shit anymore. <laughs> I mean, this is some sick slasher type of shit. Yeah. And then, you know, and then it ratchets back down as they spin out of the war. And you're like, oh, my God, how do these guys survive at all, number one, and then come back and make anything of themselves other than sit in a room and shake all day long? It's well, unbelievable. You remember uh, the football coach when we was at Old High, uh, Joe Bob? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a uh, part of the Baton Death March. Yeah, yeah. So he told some – I had him in a couple of classes, and he told some good stories. And what was – Mr. Gill, was he a science Pete, teacher, but Pete he had Gill. fought in Korea? Pete Gill, yeah. And he would sit in class, and if somebody complained about anything, he would say, like, I was in Korea, and when we were out of bullets, we just had to run over there and, like, put our hands in the guy's mouth and, like, rip his face off. <laughs> because it was either, like, yeah. you have they, no bullets and you can't shoot that guy, or you got to just put your hands, tackle him, take him to the hand. ground. Put your hand in his in his mouth and like rip the side of his cool. face off. Now, how much of that is hyperbole? I have no idea <laughs> to to impress. But yeah. as a fifteen year old, I'm thinking somebody... like Korea must have been much worse than Mash makes it out to be. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. If you think about it. It's like, but his name was Pete, Mr. Gill, right? Pete, Pete Gill. Am I right? He was he was like six foot ten. He was like taller than you. <laughs> oh, wow. And a they certain amount because uh, you know. No, was, I don't think it was. I know who you're talking about. Gill was a younger guy. But this guy was kind of short and older, maybe 50 at the time. It had oh, to, uh, to be in Korea then. It wasn't Gil then. No, Gil was maybe 35, 40 yeah. at the very, very most yeah. at that time. It was, uh, oh, I probably know who But he was. was a Gil was a history teacher. Okay, was he a math teacher? No, he was science, I think. Science. I don't know. Was it my dad? No. <laughs> he had to be. Your dad didn't, did your dad teach at Old High? Yeah, he was a science teacher and football coach. But... By the time we got there, yeah, yeah, our uh, freshman, junior, uh, sophomore year. Okay, this would have been a sophomore, year, junior year, somewhere in there. But oh. no, it wasn't your dad. Was it uh, that guy had been older to make a timeline? Yeah, timeline yeah, yeah. come out right because, like I said, my dad was between between Korea and Vietnam, and he was fifty two when I was a and he died when I was a sophomore in high school. Well, so that, you guys my, are younger than me, so he had to have been maybe my sixties by then. My dad was born in thirty one, so yeah, my dad was twenty eight. Yeah, so they're about the same. Yeah. yeah, good times to be born. My my yeah, granddad, the Great Depression yeah. economy <laughs> started right before the Great Depression started. Yeah. That's why, like, I, my and I'm sure you guys think about the, the same thing too. So my granddad that fought in the Pacific was born in Oklahoma, right at the outbreak of the Depression, right around the Dust Bowl era. Dust Bowl yeah. had to go through that entire thing. Was abandoned. Was dropped off at an orphanage when he was like five. Holy crap! At an Oklahoma uh, orphanage. Had to grow up, basically like ran away until he was like 14, 15, ran away and joined the military. And I think like, man, you know, sometimes I think, oh, man, I had a pretty shitty day today. <laughs> and then I think back like, man, if my granddad was still alive, he would have been like, you He'd were such in a your face. pussy. You'd put your skates on and man get the fuck up. up Miller. And, yeah. Well, they, they talk a lot about that a lot about, you know, the average age in Vietnam was 19. You know, the song. No, 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 19. 19, yeah, exactly. Paul, but, Paul Hardcastle. There's a great, there's a great uh, part of Archer when she's like trying to she's smoking a big joint and um the the the, the, Le- the Le- lady Leia or whatever the mom's name is she calls oh, the- her and she's like tomorrow we're having a drug test for everybody that works here and she's like oh, 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 
okay. She's trying to hold this huge hit in she's taken, and she's like, I'm so sick of your beatboxing shit. <laughs> she's like, last week it was rap, this week it's beatboxing. I don't understand what's going on with these people. See, but it's funny that we was talking about, you know, technology-wise, how you can't get away with anything these days. But back in World War One, World War Two, you're 14. Yep, I'm 17. I'm 18, sir. Yeah, I'm ready to fight. Well, there, yeah, one it's of the like, episodes okay, of MASH. You Off you go. Yeah. So the episode of MASH was Ron Howard. Have you made it that far? I've seen them all. Well, I mean, on your recent re-watching of MASH. No, no. So I, I watched that one the other night, and Ron Howard's character in that episode of MASH, his, uh, he's 15, I think, and he's joined the military, and is all gung-ho to prove to his... Um, girlfriend back home that he's manly because she broke up with him and and i can think of no better way <laughs> than to join the military yeah. worst reason to go into the military she's gonna see all this shit <laughs> right uh, but he's put himself in the middle of all this horribleness at 15 to prove that he's a man because she left him for a guy that's 17 and has joined the army yeah right yeah. and i cannot i think about how i was at 15 i cannot even think about Going into the military at that age, even though I did go in when the at, reserve, 18. at eighteen, <laughs> at eighteen, uh, but at fifteen, emotional maturity and everything, and I weighed probably about one hundred and forty-five pounds when I was fifteen. Right, and it, it's to go in, sir. Yes, sir. I am going to step on these diagonal yellow footprints at uh, in boot camp, and I'm going to do all this crazy stuff and go over and kill somebody. I cannot imagine that for well, now- guys our time frame. But back then, they're like, yeah, sure. Hey, well, wow. and not how much fucked up you would have been uh, if you went into that mix at 15. Versus like the, and that's the point of that song you were talking about, that no, 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 19. Was it the, in the, I think it's part of the lyrics in there, the average age of the military person in World War II is like 26. In Vietnam, it was 19. 19, right. Yeah. So emotionally, where, what, where are you at and what can you deal with at 14 and verse 19 and verse 26? That's a that I mean that it, in terms of years it's nine years but in terms of like you know emotional development it's a million years. Well, and they've they've talked about that with uh, over in uh, Africa and the Middle East that they will go into villages and grab these children basically and make them fighters is because they can mold them into these killing machines oh, sure. that have no concept of. I'm just doing what I've been told is right. And they don't have any right. cognition of maybe I shouldn't be doing this, you know? Well, they like, yeah, I've they make they, children soldiers make the best. Fighters. And one of the first things that they make those guys do when they pick them up at 10, 11 is kill their own family. Right. And then it becomes like, this is the what way. You, yeah. There's yeah. no going back now. You got, yeah. you got to, and they won't leave us, because yeah. they're so afraid that if anyone ever founds out that they had to shoot their own family, then they're done. But you're going to be you're going to I, I in a couple of weeks and hopefully in a couple of weeks you guys have watched all those episodes and I want to hear your take on the characters the level of violence that occurs the level of yeah. depravity that they have to sink down to in order to win a lot of those battles oh, I, know, I know it's coming so and then another, another. how they spin off I'm really interested to see your take so the Pacific is ten episodes I think it's ten yeah, episodes ten, is, ten. is it like hour and a half. Episode? It's an hour, 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 fifty okay. something, fifty something. Well, it's HBO, minutes. so no commercials. It's right out in an hour. It's yeah. like sixty-five minutes. Yeah, intro and everything. Maybe, yeah, it depends on the episode. Maybe one, maybe fifty-eight. One, maybe sixty-two, something like that. Yeah, you know? yeah. it's interesting because I know that some of the earlier episodes, 
Um, I've got my gripes with Prime, but they have just enough different content that... They don't have enough gay and lesbian transgendered stuff to maintain your... Did you say transgender? Or? Transgender, yeah. I coined that term last last podcast. Yeah, they, they have just a, a, enough variety from Netflix that it's worth checking them out with their funky interface and their... You can't see what in your fast Yeah, they're they're inter- like, I think we t- talked about it in a previous podcast. Their interface compared it's a to Netflix beating. is it is a beating. It is oh man, just just getting into the episode and start launching. Finding what you want. You like yeah. forty seven clicks really? in. I'm really, okay. I gotta go do all this. For Netflix, it's just it's so much easier. Are we at a break? Um, I need a drink. I'm, How about I'm, yourself? I'm still I'm still nursing my. My strong concoction. Well, it's because you're so busy eating. And then, too, I have twice the glass that you do. I've got the giant highball glass, and you got the little one. That's not true. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a break. That's what she said. I ate. Funny, they put a light on there that's like for uh, low ceilings. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> you, a, um, you got one of the highest ceilings in your whole damn house, right here. It's a uh, one of those low, not low watch. It's uh, the swirly ones. The oh the, LED. No, uh, no the um, fluorescent fluorescent bulbs. Uh, the mercury vapor. <laughs> mercury vapor light. Yeah, it's the, an the outdoor park. The, uh, light. It arc- runs for exactly eight hours and it explodes. <laughs> it's like the uh, arc sodium lights they had down in Austin. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it's uh, Party like super town. low electricity using LED. green lights. Are we are we recording? Yes. Oh, sweet. Okay. Um, so okay, so we've made fresh drinks. I yep. think I'm drinking another yet. My I think I'm my fifth Jack and Coke. Paul has switched from gin to Jack and Coke, and gentlemen, I'm, I'm still doing uh, rum and cokes. Rum and the Coke. Why is the rum always gone? <laughs> Are you using the uh, Kraken? Uh, this time I went with uh, Captain Morgan Black. Nice. So switched. <laughs> at some point, you although fools, there's not look, a whole lot of difference there. Look no, at, but Ron, you fools have to start bringing your Ron, own alcohol or contributing to the bar at some I, point. I believe that I gave you the Kraken. You did as a housewarming gift. That's right. And I drove 25 miles minutes, her. and I drove. And I gave 20, you a gas grill. <laughs> You got it for free. <laughs> I did win it in a lottery at work, but that's in beside the point. That's right. I had to clean that son of a bitch. So. <laughs> I had to get the dust off of it. So, Paul, you got a series you want to talk about? It's sort of a series, but it, it blends into that. Um, the sort of thing. Uh-oh. Air quote that, because I'm interested to see what you're going to say. It, this is that uh, thing, because I, I use a PS3 to watch Netflix, Prime, I saw the other night it had uh, an app called Popcorn Flicks, F-L-I-X. Almost sounds like Netflix. Yeah, almost. It's (laughs) funny. Popcorn Flicks. And and it's funny because it it showed up in the the new stuff, what's new, and it's, it's an app you can install to watch movies. And let me caveat that with... Their library is not deep. <laughs> their, their catalog. Is I would not say deep. it's kind of shallow from the screenshot <laughs> yeah. you sent. Let, us. Yeah, and because uh, I took some more screenshots that I'll kick over to you so you can post them up. Please um, do. Let me uh, let me let me kick over to uh, it is the uh, the terms of service. <laughs> Pop, Popcorn Flicks is a free ad supported streaming service that offers a variety of films and series in a growing number of countries all over the world. <laughs> blah 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 and so their reach is global it should yes. be awesome yeah, well and be. that's the interesting they're very niche it's a very niche i think most of it seems to be based off of horror genre horror genre oh man i love horror genre horror is, that from, is that thailand stuff yeah it's uh you could you could it's a muay thai thailand <laughs> type of thing um screen media ventures based out of uh new york area and it's interesting. I'm, I I took screenshots and it says popcorn flicks, movies, TV free. Air quote. <laughs> and they run before each one. They run an ad and they run it twice in a row. They run run the ad and then they run the same ad again. They're like thirty second ads or fifteen second uh, 15 ads. Fifteen second ads. Yeah. And like last night, I I popped on one show. I don't even know what it was just to see. And it's an ad for a gum, some type of gum. That I've never seen before. And I saw the ad twice. So I was like, okay. And I don't even know what the gum was called. It was so short. But it's Taiwanese gum, right? No, it was American. <laughs> it's like, you need, it, was, it was one of those, like a Skittles commercial. It's like, you need to try this now. Gum. <laughs> and that was it. Step into the rainbow. <laughs> Step into the Slim Jim. <laughs> and so. Taste, taste the rainbow. It, it, Let's settle this the usual way, like that Super Bowl ad with the people with the big wrestling arms. Right. So genres, they like me. I have big wrestling arms. Yes. So TV series. Here's some TV series. Most popular: Urban Legends, The Big Comfy Couch, 
puppy in my pocket. Oh, big comfy where, couch. Where? So that lady, the girl, the original <laughs> cast member, you, I don't know if you're going to go here, and you were con- continuing on. She got fired because she did that funny video about anal sex nice. online. Nice. What is big puffy couch in the first? Comfy one? couch. Big so comfy it, couch. It, it it's a really cool thing. Like it's about story time, and it's a chick. She reads a book, and she's is on it a the kids big, show. Yeah, yeah. kids show. And I've, oh, my okay. kids, I've seen it. Yeah, and the the original girl that was on there got let go because she had previously done some like funnier die thing about, and it was not dirty. She was not naked. Didn't and it was about like oh I like sticking things in my butt or something like that. So when it broke, sharp beef. Yeah, the, the, until the, that's okay. all fun and games so the cap comes off. That's right. <laughs> that's not the end you stick in your butt, man. Come on. Oh, shit, right? So exactly. she got let go Literally, from yeah. the big comfy couch because of some funny or die thing. So uh, well, it's because stupid. She, she called it the big comfy crouch. I'm, I'm okay with that. So I'm on popcornflicks.com's website. So Uh-oh. here's what they're advertising, which is... I'm telling you, it is Far Cry based. I, I'm yeah, assuming I think on that's the video their big, game. That's their big show, right? or or their, Forty Shades of Blue instead of Fifty Shades of Gray. That's <laughs> yeah. on the. That's on and the then they have no Ron will love this one. Women behind bars. <laughs> yeah, that's not caged heat. I'm not, I'm not interested. Well, well, and they also orange is a new black. <laughs> uh, uh, since we talk about series, their one of their big series is that series Cheaters. Oh yeah, where they try yeah. to catch people creeping. Catch people cheating. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's the like they are currently showing Ski School Two. Mm-hmm. Wasn't Ski School the original <laughs> one? The one it's like with the German guy says like, "Not on you can kiss my ass, not on the left side, not on the right side, but <laughs> in, right, right, in, in the middle." middle. <laughs> Wasn't that Ski School uh, one? Maybe yeah. It, it very. Oh, <laughs> that's still one of my favorite movie quotes of all time. <laughs> well, and they have they have other like TV series they have. The original The Man Show with a fat Jimmy Kimmel before mm, he hit it big time. Right, right. Him and Adam oh, Carolla. Uh, yeah. Alaska State Troopers. Oh. Um, Ooh. 40, like I said, 40 Shades of Blue. And, it, and that's the only reason it's titled up is because of 50 Shades of Grey. Right. It's 40 Shades of Blue, really? Um, and it's it's very limited library. They they're, um, well, they also pretty. have... Um, hold on a second. I had some... Show notes. You expect much with these. Got to set their Craigslist Joe is one of their staff picks this month. What? Craigslist Joe. Apparently, Craigslist. I don't know. Uh, for thirty-one days and nights, Joe will live entirely off the alms of America's new town square, Craigslist. Hmm. From transportation to food, shelter, and companionship. I.e. sex. I'm reading into that. Right, right, Joe right. Joe depends solely on the generosity of people the, he meets to the massive digital swap meet. Cra- Craigslist personals. Yeah, Will America it, it, help Joe? Just from what I uh, I was looking at Screen Media Ventures website is that they had a site where you could stream, you know, classic horror movies and horror movies you never heard of. <laughs> Frightpicks.com. And they have, you know... Now, fans of zombies, monsters, slashers, the supernatural, and other popular horror genres. And they mm. seem to have nearly the whole library of the trauma films. Well, um, you have to, right? They yeah. have a whole series, this yeah. whole series of women behind bars. I'm just looking through the <laughs> the thing, and it's all about, like, let me tell you why I'm here in jail, because of my man is a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but see, and that's the funny thing, is that they they have a lot of titles that, even if you looked... 
it's not even on Netflix because they don't even have it in the library. It's it's a very it's a very <laughs> limited niche niche type of thing. But they have uh, like uh, music videos, and they have all they have Taylor Swift stuff. They have uh, Justin Bieber stuff. They have well, that sounds not good. <laughs> but I mean, but it, for people that can't pay for Netflix, that's a lot mainstream though. But there. but for people that can't pay for Netflix. I can see that it has appeal, and they did have something listed on their website that they the app was uh, downloaded over five million times in 2013 or 2011. So it has, and it just showed up on PS3. So if it showed up, then it has and, a and certain I, amount of appeal. So yeah, no. So I, I do think that like Hulu, which I've recently reengaged with in watching Archer. Because it's on there, mm, right? Um, and I and I have it's on it. Netflix too. That's I know, no, I know. But I what I try to do because what Netflix does, if I watch Archer on Netflix, the algorithm for Netflix will kick me out. Nothing oh, but bro. fucking animated Animation. Okay, shit I get, I get, for like the I, next year, year now. I get you now. Okay. Um, so what I do think about the what you're talking about, how they they do their business model, and how I don't mind on I like. Uh, I think it's in within 24 minutes of Archer. I think I have to watch commercials three times. I'm not. I don't mind watching commercials, as long as I get to watch what I want to watch, when I want to watch it, at the pace I want to watch it at. Right. I watch commercials all day long. Force me. You can't like what you can do on Hulu is if you're fast forwarding. Like, man, I, I I've seen this episode or this movie or whatever like halfway through. If you start to fast forward once the initial com- uh, commercials, you can fast forward past commercial breaks, and it shows you on screen like here's a commercial break, here's a commercial break, and you can go right through them. Pat, as long as you watch the initial commercials, you can fast forward to whatever part of the movie or episode you want to watch, and you can start right there. I have no issue watching commercials as long as I watch what I want to watch, when I want to watch, and how I want to watch it. Show me all the commercials you want. I don't care. So what I, I do think about a little bit of Hulu's ultimate play in this thing may be is to show commercials. It seems like, given the, 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 the normal media, is like that's where they get most of their money is off of displaying the commercials. And if they display commercials on here and it's only a couple of commercials per episode, that that would be a good thing to do. Like, I don't mind doing that. It's, it's an offset of paying for a season or paying for a movie to watch a commercial or two. Like, yeah, fuck it, okay. But see, for me, the thing is that um, it's like I love watching The Walking Dead. And I'm paying for cable. And The Walking Dead, I get to see a whole bunch of commercials and some zombie stuff. I mean, the commercials When you are, record it, when you, like, DVR it? Yeah, yeah. I, and don't you have the thirty second skip programmed into your remote? I do, but it's like I, I I sometimes feel like I spend more of my time skipping commercials than watching the show. Eight, there's but a, eight there, pushes of the button, and then you're done. There's a, I will make your next drink or get your next ice thing if you can tell me who directed Far Cry 2014. Um, uh, Uwe Boll. Uwe Boll. Worst director ever. <laughs> You're right. You bowl. I'll, oh, get, really? I'll get your ice for your next drink. Yeah, you bowl re- directed Far Cry 2014. Really? Son Good guess. A, not He's the big direct-to-video uh, guy. Son of a bitch, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. 
So big, big ups to you, Cheers. Bull, and Paul. And, that, and, that's why, and that's why he's on popcornflicks.com. 44 years in, finally being right. Sheer sign of the apocalypse. God, he's been like rejected for so many movies here recently. Like, oh, I can't remember what the big one was. Like one of the bigger movies that's come out in the last couple of years, they kicked him to the curb on that. Well, there was some. <laughs> he pro- applied and like, um, no. Yeah, there was some property that they said specifically that he would <laughs> never, he would but. never, he would never be attached to it. Yeah, they w- they w- wouldn't even release it into the bidding market without the caveat that. You bull cannot buy this. I can't. I can't remember what it was. He has done. I saw that. I saw shit. Horrible movies. (laughs) He should be in the part of the HBO shit factory over there. Or what's the uh, Golden Turkey Awards or whatever they are? Golden raspberries. Yeah, raspberries, raspberries, whatever. So, any any more about popcorn flicks, Paul? Yeah, and that's the thing to me. It's it's very uh, just scanning through it. It's there is such a thin library and a lot of stuff they have like they have like children's stuff like Pinocchio and stuff like that but it's like and and it's it's like made it's the 1997 Pinocchio that was made by the little independent studio you never heard of right or made overseas as a knockoff (laughs) of of, of, so here's their Oscar nominated actors selection of movies Uh they have Michelle Pfeiffer and Ashton Kutcher in personal effects Never heard of it. Yeah. See, and then, what? And, and when I, I they actually made a movie together. And I, I, I took a, a whole bunch of screenshots. I just went Ms. through. Miss Pfeiffer, the, what the fuck? How far I, have your star fallen? Yeah. And I, I went through and looked Batman through and all the categories. Didn't do so well. All the all the uh, the categories. She ever goes missing? And there it was me. Their their library. You get used to things like Netflix and to where say new releases, and it's like you're scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Their new releases, I scrolled two screens and I was back to the start again. So oh, yeah. it's like So who watched Kristen Stewart, Thomas Cavanaugh, Bruce Dern in The Cake Eaters? What? It's on the it's on the And so here you go. Here's it, the here's it, the funniest one of them all. <laughs> dark side of the stun, Dark Side of the Sun, starring Brad Pitt, Guy Boyd. Cheryl Pollock and some other stupid fucks while searching for a cure for disfiguring skin disease. Rick, I'm assuming that's Brad Pitt, meets an andriotic healer who gives him a cure that can only last for three days. Rick decides to live these days to the fullest and finds respite in a young American girl who hasn't by the way, found respite in a young American girl. (laughs) The two fall in love, yet they secretly hope for a miracle. In the dark side of the sun. Yeah, and that, that's the funny thing about when I, you go. What year was that? They uh, don't. It doesn't say when you do the info on the on the movies. It doesn't say the year of the movie. So you're Brad like, Pitt looks like fifteen. But and <laughs> okay. that is it like, says twenty eleven. But I'm seriously doubting that that's the case. And that's the thing that way before that the uh, like when I you first log on they had Far Cry. It was directed by Bolzinder Boda Nikolic. Yeah, they had Far Cry listed first, of course, and then on the same splash page, Forty That's Shades from of 1988. Blue. That's from 1988. I was looking on Brad Pitt's IMDb page. 
1988. Exactly. Of course, they put him on the they, cover. They, of they pick, video box. They pick niche like stuff five, from five seconds <laughs> from early in people's careers. They had Trailer Park Boys. Uh, well, it was right after there. he was in 21 Jump Street and Dallas, the original series. What, as like a kid? <laughs> that had to be pre, uh, what's the two girls? California. No, no, no. The two girls that jump off the. Thelma I want to say. Thelma, Thelma and Louise. Yes. Thelma and Louise. I wanted to say Lewis and Clark, but that's not right. Yeah. And they had, they, I mean, some of the genre stuff I went through, there's some stuff you could watch. I mean, they had a, a thing for Nat Geo. National Geographic. Well, it does look like they have a ton of National Geographic. Yeah, and they have stuff that they can pick up for a cheap license. And, sure, you know, and, nobody's buying it. Yeah, but, it, and, you know, uh, look at the kid stuff, and it's like Popeye, and it looks like the Max Fleischer stuff. Uh, Peter the Pan. Robin Williams Popeye? No, it's like the original. <laughs> oh, the actual cartoon. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You know that? Yeah. That well, was actually kind of kind of cool, kind of fun. And yeah, but it's it's stuff that we saw when we was kids. Right. Saturday yeah. morning cartoons. Yeah, that was that was in syndication, repeated syndication when we were children. Right. Exactly. And they were from the fifties. They have you know the western <laughs> genre, but all the western films. I went through the the category. I did not recognize. I don't think one of them. There were so many westerns made back in the early days of well, uh, movie this, theaters. What this 50s. reminds me of, like looking at this, when I first started talking to people about, and it was prior to me switching over to Netflix streaming, the stuff that was on Netflix streaming was like from the forties and fifties. Right, when they first started, movies. they just yeah, that, got, that's got where they, they could get. They for had nothing. they had a, a I want to say a contract was was it with Stars initially? Yeah, was maybe. that in? So they would show movies that were that were currently running on stars, and then they would do some other shit. But it was terrible, and, and like every once in a while they would have. Now, I'm a big fan of the movies from the 40s, 50s, and 60s, and they actually had some good stuff on there from those decades. But no one today really wanted to watch those those flicks. So it was like you know awesome for me, but for the most part, I think most people thought it was shit. And so what they spent like two years digging themselves out of that, like, yeah, I looked at the stuff on there and it was a bunch of shit. Well, and that, that's the thing with this whole, I, cause I first noticed it the other day that it popped up that I could download it. Maybe four or five years from now, they'll have ski school three exactly. and it'll be worth, worth getting or the original, uh, you know, the very first hot tub time machine, you know, uh, oh. they, they have a very niche market, and it looked like their niche market. If you go to that frightpicks.com, is that that was their sort of their initial thing that you could stream online, and it's it's these horror movies that you or suspense. Well, movies. you'd be surprised, and I, and I may have talked about this over the last couple of times. Like, if you think of like the big cable networks that you know and like must be watched by a ton of people. Like, I think I read something this in the last nine months that like. CNN is only watched at any one time by 250,000 people. And that's why they repeat stuff over and over. Yeah, and because over and, and, and because and and that's high. That's on the high side. Like like some of these cable companies are really struggling to pull like 100 and 150,000 people at any one given like 30 minute interval. Like how many people are streaming Netflix at any one time? How many people are watching something off iTunes or Popcorn flicks. I mean, shit. Popcorn flicks may be like thirty thousand people less than CNN at any one time. Who should or, be making them? Or thirty thousand people total. Well, <laughs> and, and that's the thing. It, it's easy to make fun of. Like you, you look at the the depth of their library, but they have just enough stuff there that they have eyeballs. 
and that they can support ads. I, I where else is cake eaters running? That's well, what I want to know. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I opened up one of the uh, horror things, and they ran an ad for um, uh, a new Stephen King story that is being made by Screen Media Ventures, a Stephen King's short story. So is going to be made into a movie. It's probably going It'll to either be, be really good or total shit. Direct to popcorn flicks. Maximum. <laughs> you know, it's it, but it's one of those things that they have developed their niche and they've pushed it out to Roku. They have pushed it out to Android. They they're pushing it out into the mobile media space with their limited library. But somebody's going to watch it. So. Yeah, there's a ton of money, I think, to be made and stuff like this. And so I'll give you a real-world example from from myself. So when I was running a video store in Lawton, Oklahoma, my biggest— So proud of you. No, no, thank you. So my biggest— It was a shiny moment in the sun. 500 years ago. So my biggest (laughs) um, moneymakers were, like, I was a big watcher of Kung Fu Theater growing up, right? Who was it, TNT? Yeah, on Sundays yeah, at eleven or whatever. So I ordered all like hundreds of movies I had seen off of TNT on Kung Fu Theater, and I created a Kung Fu genre and had like two hundred and I paid like nine dollars. And this is VHS, right? VHS, yes. and every, I paid nine dollars to get those in the store, and I would make two to three hundred dollars per title. So if I ordered a hundred of them, times two or three hundred. It was a lot of freaking money, right? And you got right. such Profit. a sweet, you got such a sweet cut off of that oh, two and wait. a half percent. I, I that lot in store made, made me a ton of money. <laughs> Bonus. I ain't gonna lie, the, the, yeah, bonuses. the bonuses were sweet. Yeah, that store always did well in bonuses. Um, so, but the thing of it was is like you could invest in the the stuff that ninety five percent of the people. Let's say, fuck it, I would never watch that. But the 5% were like, oh, that's my shit, man. Yeah, and, and they, they rent, would rent every the max they could. one of them. Right. So, so, so we did that with Kung Fu and like all these like Hong Kong action flicks. And we did all these off-the-books genres. And the, our video department was <laughs> netting at the end of the month like 40 grand. And I was getting like 5% of that. So like, what was it like? Oh my god! What is that? It was good money, but but my point is it's like five hundred bucks. It was shit that like you're talking about. It's on popcorn flakes that the vast majority of people are going to pass on. But there's a ton of people out there that are going to go. Yeah, I watched that yeah. for free. Popcorn flakes is for the people that have seen everything on Netflix. Either it a doesn't interest them much because they're not in the mainstream, or they've seen it all and they're like, I'm looking for something different. Well, and that's that's the whole thing. What <laughs> what I was talking about. It, it seems like they're. Their core thing was like trauma, horror flicks, things, puppet master, things what like that. What is trauma? I saw y'all's text message. I don't understand what the uh, fuck toxic, that is. Toxic, toxic Avenger, Avenger. Remember the uh, trauma films? Nukem High. Nukem, yeah, Glass of Nukem High. Oh, I heard, yeah, no. Yeah, they've are, made, I mean. I didn't know that that was that, a genre. Toxy. Well, they're mm. a company that has made all these. Okay. Tra- trauma films. Yeah. Trauma okay, films. Okay. And uh, they have their, it looks like 40, all of their, their complete library and it is trauma has been around for decades since the eighties. Yeah, since yeah, and it's they've made you know these all these, I mean, certifiable cult classic type of movies, hmm. and they have their whole library. So they've they sort of in it seems like Screen Media is sort of invested in sort of the horror genre, the little herd slasher, low budget type of things. 
and they've expanded from that. And I mean, good for them. I mean, they're highlighting cheaters as, as one of their highlight series, which is DFW based. I always the only four or five times I've watched it, I've only watched it hoping that I would see somebody I know. <laughs> well, and see, and that's the funny thing is that I remember that series back in like the mid mid to late nineties, I think it was, and. The, the episode that stood out in my mind was the guy that they was, you know, they chased down oh, the, the the cheater, the guy that is cheating with the woman or something like that. And the guy pulled over, you know, they had this van, they pulled him over and he jumped out of his car with a gun. And the the whole crew was like, oh, la, 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 la. I remember that one guy got stabbed. Yeah. The, I mean. In an episode, you, like he you, rolled up on somebody and the you, guy just whipped out a knife and stabbed him. You, you play with fire. I mean. You get burned. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Troma, I'm on the Troma Films website, Troma.com. There's some uh, glorious titles out here. 30 Girls, 30 Days. <laughs> okay. The yeah, best I like, one. I like the it. best one. Like uh, Bloodsucking blood sucking Freaks. Uh, Banana MFR. Uh, <laughs> From Asia with Lust. So they filmed the toxic, porn? toxic, no, toxic no, Avenger it's, is it's, their number one like title. Very, of course, it's very borderline. It's schlocky. Okay. Okay, this is the best one: Bikini Swamp Girl Massacre. Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like somebody comes up with this. Okay, how can we show some TNA? Is, is you bold direct a lot of stuff for them? <laughs> it's right up his alley, that's he, for sure. He aspires to such greatness. <laughs> but see, and that's the thing is that they have. Troma has a a fan base and a, a cult mm-hmm. history, and they have that library. So they have taken that niche, and they have a whole bunch like Puppet Master and movies like that. And it's like, okay, Chucky, Blood yeah, Rain great. Seven, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they have they have built a niche, and they have decided. To, I don't know. I've seen out, any of the Blood Rain movies, <laughs> and they have figured a way to. Those are to bowls. push that, and that's why I give credit is that they've figured a way to make a mini Netflix from their limited library. That's fine. I, I again from last podcast, I think that that's a really super good thing. Yeah. And when you tell me that Popcorn Flicks is starting to invest a little bit of money in its own content to develop stuff, I'm cool. I think that I don't the know more, if they're at that that point right no, now. No, and but and they, no one would have said that about Netflix until they came out and said, "Hey." We are starting to invest money in our own content. Yeah, they are. To me, they strike me as that they're doing. Come on, popcorn flicks! Quit fucking around and <laughs> they're, they're, do they're, some stuff. They are getting it out. What their library is out to the public through all options, and they're doing it free. They're supporting it. They don't. They say they say they don't collect information. They don't. I can tell you right now that's a lie. They just they just show ads and they show ads at the very start twice. Even just back to back ads. Even the same ad. Even if the ad doesn't make any sense <laughs> at all, they show it twice. Paul, you should buy tampons. It's like no, I don't want to buy tampons. Like, no, Paul, you should buy tampons well, and, again for the second time. And that's the funny thing is that, that like, like last night that that ad for the gum is that it was like a Skittles commercial, but it made. Even less sense, and it was much shorter, like fifteen seconds. It's like, hey, I have some gum. You want to eat it? Gum. Snap into a slim jim. It's not, and it's like, what was the name of the gum? I don't even know. (laughs) You know, where do you buy? I'm scared. I peed myself a little bit, (laughs) and I feel like I need to have some chewing gum. So anyway, 
for those of you, it was, it's available on PS3. Right. You could just download but, the app, install it, and you get free. Is there other stuff. video services on PS3 though that you can do? Like, yeah, there's v- cracked. V- I mean, there's Vimeo a number of or whatever. Yeah. Well, Vimeo yeah. is typically like it's everywhere videos it? and stuff like that. It's not like long. Play. Well, and and that's I think Troma, I think Troma stuff's on there. Probably too, well, I saw and, it on the Troma. And that, that's the thing that struck me about this popcorn flicks is that I only I have the YouTube installed. I have the uh, YouTube. The YouTube. I have. The, you just YouTube. sounded like you were seventy. I, I, I have. <laughs> I have uh, YouTube. You guys app. know how to look up stuff on the I Google. Have, say the internet. The internet is a series of tubes, <laughs> and it delivered to you through the tubes and vote for America. It's. It's. Uh, I have uh, Amazon Prime. I have uh, Netflix. I have Netflix. By the way, can be cured with penicillin. I just want to. Make well, it. it depends on how many times you flick it. Yeah, and how much how much flicks you have. Yeah, <laughs> how much flicks does a flick flick flick? <laughs> uh, but this, you know, this popped up in the new section, popcorn flicks. On when you log in, it has what's new, and it said, "Oh, they so highlighted this, it." This mm-hmm. is something that was highlighted, so it had enough pull that it made Sony say, "Okay, we need to push this out." You know, so. The sound of Ron getting chips. More chips from the bag. I'll have to look at my... More s- debt. Speaking of Sony, I'll have to look at my Sony uh, DVD players if it pops up on there, if Popcorn Flicks does. Because there's, like there's like a zillion I know, I have video a P- services I have a, I have a Sony Blu-ray player and a, a PS4. And there's literally like 75 apps you have to sort through just to get the fucking thing to turn on. See, and I have a PS3, and that's the, the main reason I like the PS3. Is that Blu-ray, Netflix? No, yeah, no, and Amazon, totally. of course. So, and now, um, and obviously, we ta- I ragged a little bit around people that are still buying discs, whether it be Blu-ray or DVD. Mm-hmm. Um, that you as and it, as for the same price, you can buy them digitally and own them forever. Um, so it's it's interesting. So good luck, popcorn flicks. You ready to talk about something else? I almost you beat you down, you and Ginger down, because yet again, like the Pacific, mm-hmm. I've been beating you down, you guys down for years with this particular oh, um, is, series. Is this what you've been teasing for for the last two yeah. podcasts? That... Because like Ginger rolled out here and was like, "Oh, Battlestar Galactica is so badass," and I, you know, well, it you, is, but it, it is. is, but you had to talk her into watching it. Prior to her watching the first episode, that's true. That's true. I'm sure you had to headlock her, pull her the panty thing had, up. The, I told her, I said, "You will love it. You got to watch it." And you know, she was, fought it. I'm sure. And then yeah. she watched. Oh, it. it's a sci-fi. Oh my god, it's gonna be so show. dumb. It's yeah. about science and <laughs> I don't like Stephen Hawking. Stargate. More than that, she just thought it was like lasers and people Stargate shooting SG-1. each other with spaceships. Yeah. So interesting enough, Paul. Um, with the Stargate SG-1, mm. it is Stargate Universe that I'm talking about. Okay. I have been... I'm, I'm glad you brought... I, I, did, I was just sort of joking, but I've heard a lot of good things about so Stargate. So post-Battlestar Galactica coming out on TV <laughs> and people actually like looking up you know, away from their crotch while they're watching their porn and <laughs> saying, you know, there can actually... Fat, fat, fat. There that can actually be some... Sci-fi stuff that comes out on TV that's... 
a little too much squeakage there. That's holy, good holy. and okay and different. <laughs> it's a good seal. You can um, realdoll.com is the sponsor <laughs> okay. of this it's, particular two minutes. I was minutes. thinking this the other day. It's 2015. Where are the uh, robotic sex dolls we were promised? Have and, you not ever been to realdoll.com? I've been to realdoll.com, actually. And they no, wait a minute. Pretty, no, no, I have not. Well, I what said, is that, Brian? It's like... <laughs> What? <laughs> it's some pretty cool stuff. Run, run, they run. have made some technological improvements. So I've heard. Run. So we as are, you're gonna find out in recorded. Archer series, he ends up being he ends up dating his cyborg, and his worst nightmare is when he walks in at in the morning after and her vagina is in the sink. And he's like, What is going on? Siri, what happened to you? Yeah. <laughs> So Stargate Universe is 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 not like SG one. It's not like Stargate Atlantis. Atlantis. Yeah, and the, literally the first Stargate show that I had ever watched on TV. Po- I'm obviously I, I'm sure the movie, very, the very well done Kurt Russell movie, and the Stargate. movie was good. Yeah, the movie it was, was good. good. It was I liked awesome. it. It wasn't Kurt Russell. Yeah, it was Stargate. No, it was dude from uh, it was, Blacklist. It was uh, Kurt Loder. It was, yeah, both of them. It was Kurt Russell and James Spader. Oh, yeah, yeah, James Okay, okay. I'm there starting. Is. I always remember James Spader's part. Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell was, the was a dumbass. He was the, mil- the, military the leader guy, yeah. of the military group. Which I always write those guys off as a dumbass at the beginning <laughs> of a movie. Was and it, and it, uh, Spader was the scientist guy. Right. Though. Spader drives it. He's the main character who drives it. Right. And he's the whole reason it kicks off. And the only reason they're all, uh, able to the open only reason, the gate. Yeah, The only reason they survive. You know? Right. <clears throat> so, Stargate Universe. <clears throat> comes after BSG makes its debut and 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 they realize like wow like actually sci-fi people will tune in and pay attention to like a little bit of a darker adult story like there's a little bit more nuance to it and it's not just this like happy go lucky f- because forever sci-fi TV was ruled by the Stargate which is like Hey, what's going on, dude? You know, it was very like t- almost tongue in cheek sci-fi and almost formulaic, like super like the original Star like, Trek. You got to wrap it all up in one episode mm-hmm. for sure. And um, the other <laughs> chip, 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 the uh, hey, how many? I can do a good one here. Oh god, that should be on a commercial. You should do commercial work. Um, god, that was delicious. So yeah, post post PSG, the Stargate people, whoever Paramount, whoever owned there, I don't know. Um, so let's off of IMDb. Trapped on an ancient spaceship, billions of light years from home, a group of soldiers and civilians struggle to survive and find their way back to Earth. So what I thought about that was cool, like episode one, not giving away. This is not a spoiler alert. Not giving away anything. Hey, what's uh, so? When did the series happen? It was two thousand and nine to th- so, two thousand and eleven. Spoilers, uh, spoilers. Well, yeah. we're hoping that we're directing people to actually go watch this for the first time. I'm sorry. Yeah, I've never seen it. I want to, I want to check it out. Yeah, and I've been bugging Ron and Ginger for like two Rose. years. To and watch I've actually it. heard from another friend, another buddy that. Uh, that uh, said, this was the best. It was really not like the other Stargates, but it was no the other Stargates were hokey, tongue in cheek. I tried to go back and watch Atlantis. Oh, what a beating of like the so ultra are, clean that, cut. Is, was that the one with the uh, or was it the original that had the the black dude with the uh, that's the original the honk. with the things on his face? Yeah, yeah, that's the original. Yeah. So Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so boom, uh, could, boom, boom. Could, 
would you say somebody could start off with the series and be okay? There's, or? there's no need. Uh, now, I, I really, I think maybe it helps to understand what the previous series has been about. I went into SGU. I had never seen the other series. I was a super huge fan of the book, the book, the movie. So I understood what was going on. The first episode, they, they set it up as, as there's a base that they have that is under attack by some aliens forced. I have no idea what it's about. And they have to escape randomly and connect to a Stargate on the far side of the universe. Maybe on, well, yeah, on the far side of the universe, not the far side of the galaxy, but universes away. They randomly have to connect to escape this onslaught. And they have no idea what's on the other side of the gate, but it's much better than exploding in a fiery death of what's <laughs> going to happen w- with their base. And that's how it starts. Literally the first five minutes are them ejecting from the other side of the gate. I don't even know if it shows more than a minute, minute and a half of like what's on the the the, the current side to where they're going to eject to. And sounds then it, like, they're on... Is it, it sounds like Voyager a little bit? Yeah, Star Trek Voyager. I was going to say. Star, it a little bit in terms of Voyager-ish. it is a very well-rounded, cohesive group of combat and scientists. Chakotay engaged Chakotay. So they find there's they find themselves on an alien ship. So they've transported galaxies away. Right. Right. It's important that the listener understands the difference between galaxies and the universe. They transport galaxies away. They're like, on the far like side of the really universe. Far on really, the really far away. Yeah. And they're on a ship and that's where it, it, it takes off. And they have to figure out what's up with the ship. What's the mission of the ship? It's just flying across the universe. What's going on? So it has a very dark tone to it. It has a very um, survivalistic uh, instinct tone to it because the command, the military guys don't know anything. Like military guys are coming and we shoot shit and we blow stuff up, and the scientists are like, "Why don't we understand yeah, the stuff before, you blow before we blow it up?" Um, let's figure out what's going on. And it has um, the guy from, I, mean, I really like this guy. And he's on a series now that I'm not a super huge fan of. But Robert Carlyle, who was in um, Train Spotting. Robert Carlyle. Was he Big B in Train Spotting? Yeah, he's the crazy guy in Train Spotting. Yeah, Big B. <laughs> Wait a second. Could you uh, clarify? crazy guy <laughs> well he's the little dude that wants to run around beating up and killing everybody <laughs> yeah. oh yeah so he's actually on now like once upon a time which seems like a very maybe ginger likes it it's very like wow aimed at the, the housewife well talk about casting shade on somebody ginger just got thrown <laughs> under the bus under the not, bus. not even here to defend yourself good that's the best that's, that's the best way it should be <laughs> Um, if she wants to defend herself, she should show the fuck up. Hey, she's she's helping our daughter with a school project. She's that doing, sounds like a very pure, poor excuse. Doing good mama stuff. Huh. So that, anyway, Robert Carlyle is the scientist. And I, I'm going to jack this guy's name up. Louis Fiera is the military guy. Um, Gaius Beltasar. Gaius Beltasar. <laughs> And you might know him off of, he did, and I watched a couple of the episodes. So um, post-Stargate Universe, he did NCIS as Mm. Metro Detective Nick Burris. Um, Then he was on the LA Complex. I don't know what the fuck that is. He was on Rookie Blue, which looked terrible. He was in Breaking Bad for a while. 
And then he did Motive, which is actually a fairly decent um, TV series. And it has, what's the actress's name? Let me click over here. The actress's name is Kristen Lehman. She's Detective Angie Flynn. Lehman Brothers? Yep. On of the defunct trading organization formerly known as Lehman Brothers. Um, she's Canadian. God dang it. And he is too. <laughs> Aren't they always Canadians? I don't know what is, yeah. half the half the uh, actors sci-fi and series uh, yeah, uh, actors are always Canadian. But you you notice he's been in a lot of stuff, and and, and I do watch what is the um, Canadian TV? They have like a BBC. I'll look this the up. Great White North Network. No, well, <laughs> and that's that's funny because the you, you, the, you, uh, you. Ca- the uh, Canadian government subs- subsidizes. A lot of animation, a lot of entertainment uh, series. Most countries do that. But they subsidize it at a large percent. So it makes sense. That's U-Bowl because he's German, gets like half of his money from the German government. Yeah. And that's how he's able to make movies. Vancouver has a huge production uh, and they're like... Hollywood North, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> yeah, they kind of are. No, that, no, I, not a joke. Mm-hmm. And that's why BSG was made up there and all that yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but that being said, even though it's a lot, a lot of subsidies, they have a lot of really good houses up there. So, yeah, as well they should. Yeah. As well and they should. Healthcare. <laughs> Obamacare. Socialists. We should probably nuke them back into the Stone Age. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks, Obama. <laughs> so, Stargate Universe. You should you should watch it. It is darker. It is more of an adult take. Good. Ron, fill me up. It is. Whoa! <laughs> a little bit of romance. A little bit of romance breaking out on the podcast here. I just wanted some Greek chips. <laughs> That's how it always it starts. Starts. It's always about the Greeks. Um. Sometimes so it, I, Ron I, is going to finish his handful of <laughs> chips before he gives me some. I cannot chips. give you chips until I finish my own handful. Ron's an American. He's not Canadian. He's not a socialist right. organization. I am from Quebec. <laughs> so all about Stargate US, Universe. USA. You guys should check it out because I know that once you get three or four episodes in, you're going to be like, "Holy shit! How have I gone? How have I gone years without watching this?" And I'm kind of dumb, and I need to catch up and watch it. How many? How many seasons? Right? Two seasons. It gets canceled. Oh, perfect. Forty episodes. Firefly. Wait, no. Here's the thing. It gets canceled because your typical crew that comes over from Stargate, Stargate, <laughs> Stargate, Stargate, where they they did the cheese. French people surrender cheese monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> so. They come over expecting it to be the next Stargate episode, the series, and they're like, "Oh no, Stargate is all happy-go-lucky, and you know hmm. that that guy from MacGyver, and you know it's all like, <laughs> yeah. hey, it's all good. I will take a paperclip, a match, and a rubber band, and I will pee on it, and I will get my way out of here. At the end of the episode, we're all one big happy family. And Peace. look at my mullet. <laughs> Party in the back, business so, up front. Yeah, so." Ron. It's well worth watching. I guarantee you, you give it three or four episodes, you're going to be hooked because it's the story is so rich. You don't understand what the characters are going through, and visually, I think sci-fi wise, it's one of the coolest like effects things that's been out there. And um, so there's this my favorite one of my favorite um, sci-fi scenes of all time 
they're between galaxies, and they're basically the ship that they're on, they find themselves on. God, that sounds good. That was a good one. The ship that they find themselves on is hopping from galaxy to galaxy. (laughs) And between galaxies, the engine shut off. And they don't know why. Everything's up in the air. Wait for it. (laughs) Wait for it. And they're looking out through their main like observation deck. And they're light years away from another galaxy. But that guy, it's a whirlpool galaxy, much like where we live today. Mm-hmm. And the it's the perfect distance to, for them to look out into <clears throat> awe of that galaxy and in awe of the universe. So there's all this stuff going on. I highly recommend you kind watch like it. Kind of like a scene at the end of uh, Empire, Empire Strikes Back. Sort of, sort of. So uh, what did because you, you watched both seasons. When you got the end of the second season, did you feel like, man? I was, oh, I was horrified that it got canceled. Is that what you're asking? Yes. Oh, yes. it was. I was. I, I. I. So I had not paid it, and this is much more, or much before. This is probably four years ago. Much before I was like, okay, if I start watching a show, I want to know how many seasons it. And this is probably where I learned my lesson. I want to know how many seasons it's got. Is it still on the air? How long am I going to have to wait till the next season? And I burned through, like within a couple of weeks, binge watched totally season one, season two. And I got to end of season two where it's it dies mid-story. Oh. And I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. This is not the But and, the- I, and I went and I beat up some, some Canadian people, <laughs> did a complete hate crime. But then... Out of spite. It's so good. I've gone. Out of love. I've gone Out of back <laughs> in the last two years, and I've probably watched it from beginning to end at least one more time. Is it like right. some of these other uh, properties, like um, like Firefly? A lot of people felt that thirteen shows what, and then it's like Buffy with comic books and graphic novels. Did they continue the story in graphic novels? Not or? to my knowledge. I think it was the end. <clears throat> and basically they had had such a run of Stargate, Stargate one, it whatever like a, it was. Oversaturation. Atlantis. Atlantis was on like seven seasons or something. Well, it seems like that would be a natural fit to like you. Yeah. Atlantis it, had 99 you, episodes. You enjoyed oh, it. Yuck. You enjoyed it so much that they could continue it in all in other SG1, media and stuff like that. You know, SG one was two hundred and thirteen. I know it went on for fucking ever. <laughs> Holy cow! But I, I, what I think it was, it was such a gear shift from their normal base because they thought, like, oh my god, Battlestar Galactica's out there. It's awesome. You know, it's super good stuff. <laughs> Paul is now throwing things at <laughs> But I, I, I felt like they felt like they could roll out something that was much more of an adult, darker story. Wait for it. Uh, oh, nice one. And it didn't work with the people that were following Stargate at the time. And would it have come out at any other time, like let's say now, it would have been a much bigger hit and would have had a very long run because it had so much story left to tell. Well, and two, now, like we talked about in a previous episode, is that there's so many other uh, you know, delivery services out there like Netflix and right. Amazon Prime. They're looking for content. They would have gone, "Hey, this is a show that's in production. We got cast, crew, all that. Let's just let's just hire them on our side. Keep the sucker rolling. They don't. They're going to cancel it, and they're fine. Wash their hands of it. We'll take it." Yeah. And when when did this uh, two seasons go? 
Uh, let me look back here. <clears throat> I got to back off of realdoll.com. <laughs> All the one that he queued up for order. Genuine. For only $9,000. Oh, my God. <laughs> Genuine orifices. You've got to really want to have a lot of sex for the sex doll. You're going to pay nine grand for one. Holy cow. Posable. It was... Uh, well, they're fully articulated. With a... With a what is it from Fight Terminator? A uh, metal endoskeleton. Fully combat chassis endoskeleton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was uh, 2009 through th- 2010. And see, and, and that's funny that how much you enjoyed that series and that's right on the cusp right before Netflix know, and, and mm-hmm. Prime started like like Ron said like we'll scoop that up Thank I guarantee you, very you much. knowing you you're gonna go watch this show and you're gonna go I would have watched 10 seasons yeah. of that show mm-hmm. yeah cause I mean obviously I've heard of Stargate and, but I've watched a little bit and it was like yeah All, it's okay SG-1 and Atlantis no it's not I, 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 uh, I watched a series or a season and a half of Atlantis that was after watching SGU because I thought oh my god this is so good maybe Atlantis was just yeah. as good and it was maybe not. I missed something there mm, no you didn't not so much yeah <laughs> so and, and I think that sort of loops around to things we've talked about in the podcast is that I don't get to catch all the shows you get to catch. I don't get to catch all the shows you get to catch. Hey, Amazon shows that full episodes are available on Amazon Prime. Sweet. I'm there. I'm the, yeah. <laughs> Yo también. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Me too. Oh. Is that Russian? Yo soy menudo. Espanol. My pencil is yellow. Espanol. Mi lapis es amarillo. <laughs> Me es Putin. Su es Putin. My pencil hey, is yellow. Don't call me a punta. Punta. Yeah. Put, Putin. Uh, me es Ukraine, US Ukraine. But Stargate Universe, watch it. You're going to love it. Guarantee. All, All right. right. I need a drink. Pick, I'm pick, totally pick of the week. Pick of the week by Brian Miller. <laughs> oh, thank you.
I started getting into that, I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, so you, you should talk about that. I have many more shows as I these chips <laughs> that I could talk about. Yeah. But you should talk about your recent or- orphan black experience. Okay. Your, your conversion is a believer, is a true believer in orphan black. Oh, Let me clear my palate. A much more a convert of orphan black than I am these chips. They're weird tasting. It's the Greek, uh, what is it, what is it called? Uh, to Zatzitsky? I don't know. Saw Greek, thought anal, bought chips. <laughs> Their ancient culture is beautiful, but they're laden with death. I just saw Greek yogurt and uh, cucumbers on here, so I thought dill. And I do love me some dill. What's the dill, though? <laughs> <laughs> hey, right. dill. Hold on a second. Get it together, get it together, get it together. Fuck. Five, five, no, no, four, serious face. Three, serious face. <laughs> go. Go. We're rolling. In our 5.0 with the ragtop down so the wind does. <laughs> <laughs> well done, sir. Well little, done. A little vanilla ice. Yeah. Who, who recently got busted. Yes. For stealing stuff from the vacant house next door to the house he's rehabbing. I saw that, but I don't think it was him. I think it was his crew. I think he, like all contractors, hired a shitty contractor. Maybe, yeah. A subcontractor group that went in and like started robbing people blind. He's the one that got arrested, though, so. He was like, this isn't true, and I can't wait till the truth comes out. I didn't kill that hooker. I mean, I didn't (laughs) rob that place. I didn't hook that killer. (laughs) And that's the funny thing. That hooker was dead when I found well, her. Well, that's the funny thing about that's funny that you mentioned <clears throat> Vanilla Ice. What is his real name? Robbie Van Winkle. Van Winkle is that from Dallas, Texas? I've I've seen some of those. Uh, you know where he takes a house and flips it, uh, redoes it, and flips it yeah. with the Amish and, people. <laughs> and he really knows what he's doing. He's very savvy. And, yeah, he's smart. You know, mm-hmm. and to me, that whole thing smacked of. I need to get some publicity. How can I do it? Oh, it wasn't me. It was the one-armed man. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, 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 have a, I am rest assured that he will come out smelling like roses. Hmm. He'll be racing jet skis. He'll be racing jet skis before he knows it. It would be really dumb of him to pull it. To do I doubt like that, that he did it. I'm sure when the end of the day, it's going to be a subcontractor group that... Stole the air conditioning unit or whatever from the next from the copper. <laughs> yeah, that's the funny thing about air conditioning units. The, Which the house, the house hilarity ensues as soon as you say air conditioning units. I, uh, right, <laughs> right. Uh, when we moved into the house we're living in now, you know, it, it was built, you know, back at like the mid nineties, and they did not attach the air conditioning units to bullshit. Two cement blocks, so people would come through this new neighborhood that was built and steal <laughs> air conditioning units. Mm. Just like, and then there's like the contractors, like oh, I guess we need to bolt these down. <laughs> Make it a little more difficult. Yeah, because they would just still- come in and it's like pick up. Of course, you know nowadays there's a lot of theft on those for the copper, like I was saying, and so there's like in commercial applications if they're not on top of a freaking building. Where they're kind of out of you know easy reach for people. If they're out on the side, they have to like put like cages around those things Dude, now to keep people from like, I, breaking I, into them and stealing I, the copper. And last couple of years, I take the dark train from 
the Frankfurt station down to Deep Ellum. Right. And you can see you're up on up elevated and you can see on top of businesses and you're like Okay, that one got robbed of the copper. That one got robbed of the copper. <laughs> it's chilled out a little bit, uh, given the copper prices have gone down, a way lot. down. Yeah. Like Argentina is in Chile and all those companies, <laughs> countries that uh, those companies, companies, that, corporations well, are people. Brian, same <laughs> thing. Cranked up their copper um, production. Their copper production is so high and they're so dependent. Like China has just <sighs> mountains of copper that they're sitting on now, so copper prices have come way down. Yeah, well, and, and the same thing, you know. With the whole thing with aluminum prices being inflated, that uh, aluminium, sir, yeah, aluminium. What are you? Wait, is that, I am British. You no, know Wolverine's made of. No, that's adamantium. <laughs> Same thing. He's like, he's like, you can recycle. You can recyclable. recycle me. <laughs> and hobos are chasing him around. <laughs> he's like, hey, you look get like- off me, drunk! You're not melting me down for beer money. <laughs> I, I got a life too. So um, it's it's funny how that the whole thing with you know copper prices, everything going up, and then they come down. Then they're not worth as much, and then I don't have to worry about nobody my wants, air conditioning. Right? Unit. Nobody wants to break into an air conditioning unit for no. Nor do I. But where bucks. were we going with air I have conditioning not units? a clue. I have not a clue. What were you talking about? You started all this nonsense. Let's just all glare at Paul until he remembers what he was talking about. <laughs> Come on, Paul. What Come was on, it? Come on, Paul. Better call Paul. Oh, maybe we were talking maybe, about... Yeah. Speaking of... If you don't know what the fuck's going on, better, better call, call Paul. Better call Saul. Anybody watch that show? Yes. Yeah. I have not seen it. Yeah. Yeah, you watched it? Did you watch the, are, you, are you still watching it or did you just watch the original episode? I'm current on it. Yeah? What's, yeah. Uh, what do you think? All three episodes you've watched? Give us, give us a, a recommendation, yay or nay, on that show. I think it has potential, but I'm not convinced yet. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a little slow developing? Yeah. Perhaps? Yeah. It's it's one of those things that they've brought in some characters that from Breaking Bad. So you're like, oh, okay, I can see the tie-in. and But the one character, I won't spoil it, that was from Breaking Bad, they brought him in and he's like, oh, he looks older and fatter. <laughs> you know, it's like it's supposed to be before Breaking Bad, so it's like uh, I don't know. I haven't seen it, <clears throat> and I mean, I've recorded one or two of those, but I haven't like, watched them. Yeah, like I've said, I, I I wasn't a huge, I wasn't such a huge fan of Breaking Bad. That I was like, I gotta watch Breaking Bad. I gotta get through it. Shame on you, Brian is I, obviously not a true believer. Will say you. though that I'm not a huge <laughs> fan of the spinoff. I mean, the Brian is to not me, huge. I'm extra huge. <laughs> Brian, so, is not, Brian is not huge what I, at all. I, I, I'm trying to think, as you guys were talking, I was trying to think of like, what's the spinoff that I really loved? And and, and I couldn't, you're going to find this funny. Joni Loves Chachi? No, I couldn't <laughs> think of one. That since. was the most random thing. <laughs> this is a spinoff, and I couldn't think of a spinoff that I love since you're moving on up. To uh, the sky. The Jeffersons from off Archie of Good Bunker. Times. From, but no, there was, was an from, Archie Bunker spinoff. It was from, it was from Archie was Bunker, yeah. yeah. I and, always thought Jeffersons were from Good Times. Was no, it from it was All in the Family? Bunker. They, oh. they, they cro- I think they, he crossed over to that, but it was from Archie Bunker. And then J- the Jeffersons was around for forever. But I, I was like, what spinoff have I ever gotten into that was like, oh my God. Like, I'm sure you with... 
being a, a Whedon fan, right? You got Buffy, Angel, and what was the other one that spun off of all all that? It was Buffy, Angel, and something else. Um, he had, I thought, three that spun out of that. But anyway, there's just not that many spinoffs that I'm thinking. I'm like, man, that's but you know that's the funny something thing that's like a not miss is that I really enjoyed the Buffy episodes, the Buffy series, Angel. I never really got into it. We watched, I watched about like five or six episodes, and I was like, eh, you backed not, off. Yeah, it's like it's not the same. Yeah, so I like Joey. <laughs> Yeah, Joey. Joey loves Chachi. Yeah, <laughs> friends, Joey. Please prove my point in one um, word, dude. Joey, that is that is so funny that and you t- you you take that whole idea that you have. There's only so much of yeah, Nick's rule that really well, and works. there's there's a little bit of that with this Better Call Saul because you take somebody that worked on Friends like Joey, the character Joey, and spin him off, and it's like eh. Maybe not. Yeah, and they the same thing it. with Better Call Saul. It's like I don't know if this is working for me because I found I know Brian didn't like really get hooked on the series, but I thought Breaking Bad was really compelling from the get go. I was like, "What is going on with this dude standing out outside of a crashed RV with his underwear <laughs> holding <laughs> I a the gun?" First episode of Breaking Bad was awesome. Give it a chance. Damn. I'm two and a half seasons in, dude. I think I mm-hmm. Maybe not. Right. More like ten for, best spinoff for, shows of all time. Ten, ten best. Okay, let's, right. let's, let's, spin- let's roll. Let's hear these. Is this off of Bing.com? This is VitaminCM.com. What? <laughs> <laughs> VitaminC.tumblr.com. I don't know that they're too far off, though. Oh, this is pretty damn close. Oh, damn. This is a pretty good list. Hang on. So, number... It gets better. Number ten is CSI Miami. Oh. I never really got into oh, the CSI. Don't, show. I, I've don't not, even get us started on. Uh, oh, I hate the CSI shows. Hey, I'm no, not no. What's, his name? What's his name on CSI? Hey, Miami. No, I know. Hey Brian, could, I, you, I was could big, you could you enhance? I was a huge fan of NYPD Blue the first couple of seasons, and so David Caruso. David Caruso, it. and then he was like, <sighs> "Oh, I'm so Kills badass." Me. And I, I love. And he I, takes his sunglasses off and looks straight in the camera. Gets his voice grown gruff. Yeah. So was, I thought That's CS because. Miami was dog shit. Composed <laughs> like no, but CSI Miami was his like con, conceding like he was not going to make it in films because he thought like post NYPD Blue he was going to go make it in films and right. he was in that one with uh, what was it called Jade with uh, hmm, look at that. Oh, hmm. damn it what's uh, fucksticks name that's in all the bad <laughs> hey do you i want to take a, a, a little little pause down for, for no the, the last, from now on you will know when i say fuckstick who is fuck when stick. when is the last time ron have you heard somebody say fuckstick <laughs> it's, it's it's been a while yeah. it's when and that's 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 my long time it's <laughs> my go-to name for yeah. uh What's guy's name from... Get a, um, get a rope. <laughs> do, you have Jade, do you have Jade pulled up? You want me to do it? David Caruso. I'm looking. And it's him and um, t- Bangkok. Oh, that's right. Holy crap. I was looking at David Caruso's Facebook... Uh, or on Facebook, IMDB page. He was, Remember, he was in Face in First Blood as yeah. one of the uh, the deputies of... Uh, what's his name? The, oh, wow. The big a-hole. Remember, he was, I mean, really, he was obviously <laughs> yeah, yeah. young, 82. Well, it's it's like uh, that one uh, 
actress that was on the early seasons of ER or uh, Grey's Anatomy. Michelle, uh, what's her name? The uh, the blonde. In Proof of Life, too. With, uh, and she decided she wanted to be a big movie Russell actress Crow. and then turned out nobody wanted to work with her. <laughs> oh, well, you're talking about the, what's her name from um, the blonde from... Yeah. Uh, and she's just recently made a comeback. She well, she's in that new NBC series. Yeah, and she what's her name? She was from uh, Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, and she did this whole circuit of mea culpas. She is like hated in yeah, Hollywood because she's such a diva. Yeah, mm-hmm. nobody liked to work with her, and yeah. then suddenly she realized, oh, wait, nobody wants to work with me. I don't know who you guys are talking about. We are talking about. Hold on, hold on. Uh, we are talking about what's her name. So back oh. to David Caruso. So he went. He left NYPD Blue. He made Kiss of Death with. Um, Where'd she go? Samuel <laughs> oh, L. Jackson. Did you just say where'd she go? And, and oh, man, she's where'd she go? Dang it! Come she's on. somewhere on the internet. I'll find her. <laughs> no naked girls get away from me on the internet. So Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Is fuckstick. So when I say fuckstick, <laughs> from now Nick on, Cage is fuckstick. <laughs> you will know that. I had that no idea that you was going to go. That Nick Cage is fuckstick because nobody frustrates me more or is in more of my favorite movies than fuckstick. Have you ever seen that supercut on YouTube with him in the movies where he just freaks out? Yes, he's oh a my fucking god. idiot. Oh my god, Catherine Heigl. Catherine Heigl. Yeah. And so Kiss of Death, which was his which was Caruso's first big thing post NYPD Blue, was Sam listen, he jumps from NYPD Blue and he's like in a movie immediately. And it's him. Who? Nicholas Cage? Samuel Jackson, Nicholas Cage, Helen Hunt, Stan Stanley Tucci, Michael Rappaport, Ving Rames. On and on and on. You say hell, huh? It was a fucking bomb. And then he went on and made Jade. And then it was like nothing, 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 nothing. Oh shit! I'm on these couple of CSI Miami's and CSI TV or CSI NYPD Blue, whatever the fuck. And then he went on to CSI Miami's. Then next to nothing as the lead. Yeah, yeah. Next to nothing soon after ten years or yeah on CSI Miami. What a what a great TV actor who thought he was a movie actor but was not and ruined his career and left one of the greatest shows ever. NYPD Blue is phenomenal greatness if you've ever seen all those episodes. And he went on to CSI Miami for 10 years to be the guy that would take his shades off at the most apropos <laughs> mo- moment yeah. ago. I think I can figure out who killed this person. Well, and, and I think that's the funny thing is that no, it was a much more the, corny, snappy line. Well, he'd have well, to shoot off his forty-five. Yeah, the time. And, and, it, and eventually, there's a whole internet meme built around the whole shade thing that Brian's talking about. Is that say a line, do something, take off the shade, and then they do a big pullback. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's like every time I see those, I was like, ah, that's a little bit of little piece of your soul brother <laughs> yeah so here's here's uh david caruso's imdb his low-key intensity deep voice somberness pale skin puffy-eyed face <laughs> and crop carrot hold on a second, hold on red a hot what here's the hato meter from <laughs> i can feel <laughs> wow it's like 
Oh, here's here be a, okay. Let me deliver a good David Caruso line from CSI Miami. I think this would be one. Wait, what's his character's name in CSI Miami? Ass face. <laughs> God damn it, Brian! You <laughs> <laughs> made me spit up the gentleman Jack. <laughs> Don't do the spit up the gentleman Jack. That's no, we're not doing spit All right. takes. All right, let me do one here. Let's see if this, this will work for him. He takes off his sunglasses, looks straight at the camera, very in his gruff voice. You know what they say. You lie down with the devil, you wake up in hell. Yeah! <laughs> exactly. Terribleness. I like, I did, I have, he, he did one and a half seasons of really, really good acting on NYPD Blue. Thought he was much too big for his drawers and has done shit since then. Bunch of terribleness. Like I think that like as an act, if you were going to become an actor or a director or whatever, like you should wait till year five and then you should reevaluate. Like in the first five years of my career, I've done anything that's worth a shit. Uh, it's okay, it's okay. It's you know I shouldn't get more bigger than my britches and I shouldn't uh, do stupid stuff. I think that's a good uh, policy yeah. to pursue. Caruso has nevertheless earned cult fame for his slick demeanor <laughs> and deber- deliberately slow speech patterns, reminding one of William Shatner's heady methodological approach to Captain Kirk, known for his deep, dry tones and parade of droll one-liners. I don't, I don't think he has slow speech patterns. I think he has trouble trouble remembering his lines. <laughs> so, so here we go. First image, I did a, a David Caruso meme internet search on google so here we go it's usually a four frame thing like i say in this mean <laughs> it's cartoon thing i'm gonna take a hot shower it's like a normal shower but with me in it so really he says if carl takes one of those does it make a Heart. hot girl so and this is it's a four panel meme all of them and it's it shows him Taking his sunglasses off, and he still has sunglasses on. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, he's taking one off. So he has a pair of sunglasses in on. his hand, and still, yeah. yeah so, yeah. yeah. So what a douchebag he became. <laughs> uh, I'm not even really sure how we got on to kicking David Caruso in the balls so <laughs> thoroughly. Go. Here's another one. Although <laughs> here's another one. He still not, needs not another knock. hour or so of kicking in the balls. <laughs> knock knock. Who's there? <laughs> David says. Say, take one step closer, and I will lactate on you. Oh, shit! And then it's uh, the Joker's face. from uh, Yeah! <laughs> Jesus Christ. Paul's got himself over there. I know. And I that's why we love Paul. <laughs> I can do this all fucking day. Paul, for those of you who don't know, Paul will always send us via email some type of uh, internet may-may or a little gif or pic from the internet. Always to brighten our days and at the most opportune times. That's right, because who needs Facebook when I have email? <laughs> right. Well, and the thing is, Paul's been doing it way before Facebook ever, ever That's came right. around. Yeah, you, you are like one of the uh, <laughs> inventors of what Facebook currently does <laughs> right. without like ever getting credit slash money or anything good or positive in your life based on what social media has become. Who needs Al Gore when you have Paul Allen? Right. Uh, did you hear? Paul A kid Allen. froze to death in the school's freezer. Well then, I guess he was too cool for school. Yeah! <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, that's... So that's, a, that's the meme. There's the meme. 
It's dad jokes, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of, yeah. Which I've, you know, recently in the last year, kind of uh, realized I'm going to be a king of dad jokes. (laughs) I, I... like I try to be funny around my kids, and I can't. And I, I can't be funny like I'm going to be funny around you guys. I have to say stupid stuff, right? And they just yeah, look at me like, "God, you're so dumb." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right." I know you're old, yes. especially. You're probably doing that, thinking yeah. that now. Yeah. Oh my god, mm-hmm. Brian, you're so dumb. <laughs> okay, so I got a show that it's three seasons in, and you guys should. Totally watch this, and so I'll go. Why? I'm gonna I'm gonna start with a little have you, bit. Have you watched all three seasons? I have watched all three seasons. Okay, wait on. And I'm gonna tell you why you should watch it too. I'm gonna start <laughs> with what was that? I'm gonna start with. That's none of your fucking business. I'm gonna start <laughs> with why I got initially attracted to the show and <clears throat> what my initial like thought process is before I started watching this show, like. Been there, done that. I really should start far away from this. So the show starts Matthew McFadden, which you may or may not be familiar with. Probably not. Because you don't watch a lot of British TV or movies. Oh, Mm. you said, and last uh, couple of podcasts, you said you have like 70 BBC shows. And I do not exaggerate when I say that at all. So Matthew McFadden... um, my, but he came to my attention, and I love, 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 love this movie. And um, is it a movie or a series? The Ripper Street is the series I'm talking about. So the movie, I he, Ron actually, I think initially he Pardon. came to my attention in a series called uh, MI5, which was a BBC series that started in 2002 and it ran through 2011. But he he didn't uh, make it all the way through that. So he was in. Are you eating chips or choking on ice? Ice <laughs> is it both? So Matthew McFadden was in MI Five, the TV series. Wait for Those it. Are chips. And so I loved him in that series, but I think initially, oh my god, there's so much. I'm I'm just looking through like what he was in. He was in one of the uh, the two Grindhouse movies, Planet Terror, and he was. But my first introduction to him which i'm just dumb for this tearing up the world (laughs) i'm dumb for this book so you probably have not seen and i've read this read the book probably over the course of my life maybe seven or eight times but have you guys ever read or seen pride and prejudice no you have read or seen it paul shaking your head and choking on ice yes read or seen the movie yes both? Both? Both yeah. Okay. So I love this movie. I mean, Jane Austen, I think there's a reason like certain things like stand the test of time, right? Mm-hmm. And Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice, I've actually read the book probably, th- I think, three times now. It's not a really long book. It's phenomenal. And especially for its time, it was fairly groundbreaking. And then if you look back at it now... I think it it stands to the test of time because so that, much that dumb the, stuff has been written about, and love. that was a Victorian era, right? Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. So, she. I don't even think. I think when she wrote, if I remember correctly, I think when she wrote the book, she couldn't even advertise that she was a female and write it. She yes. had to do a pseudonym or put it in her desk drawer until she was successful on other projects. I think, and maybe she rolled that out. So, I'm a big fan of the book. 
big fan of the um, movie, and the the director was Joe Wright, and he was really it? translates Uwe Bull. Uwe Bull. And he got the first option, and then they decided it wasn't. Going yeah, to he's work like, with oh, him. they're like, they watched the first. Uh, he did a a, a, a busy thing on could Pride you, and Prejudice. Like, could why you, are people killing people? That doesn't could, make any fucking sense. Could you that. imagine him doing a take on that? Could you imagine? I would love to see it. It would be uh, unbelievable. So anyway, that, that movie star stars. If she ever goes missing, it was me who abducted her. Kara Nightingly. Oh yeah. God. Oh. She is a very, um, very attractive lady. My God, <laughs> can you can you mix up sexy with smart more and get her? I don't think you can. Did no. you see that little bit on uh, Pirates of the Caribbean where they talked about you know because she pushing everything up? And well, they the, said, well, the Photoshop. They, not a they, whole lot they, there. No, to push they said up, that yeah. they they well they said that it wasn't Photoshop. It was practical. They went in and painted in you know dark. <laughs> Give her more than she has. Yeah, and yeah. she was very up, up front. She said, I have nothing. <laughs> well, it, you can Google it really easy. If you look at the uh, the can pirates. I, can I really? Yes, you can. Maybe. Not on your internet connection. <laughs> your Wi-Fi sucks, bro. Okay. So <laughs> if you Google her pictures in pirates versus the pre-Photoshop, yeah. she's flat-chested, and then they make her to look really big-boobed and all that stuff. So anyway, fantastic movie um, for Pride and Prejudice. But anyway, that's that's where um, Matthew McFadden first came to my attention, <clears throat> and then I watched awesome. him on MI Five, and um, he was also in the movie that was about the. Uh, let me scroll down here. That was the Frost Nixon debates. Mm-hmm. Frost Nixon, yeah. He was in that, and he was really, really good. He was in was, the remake of Robin Hood with... Uh, he was the sheriff of Nottingham. In, uh, uh, and my, one of my favorite books, and I think I talked, Russell Paul, you Crow. into to read... Didn't you read, based on my suggestion, The Pillars of the Earth? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that whole yes. series, like he, he was a star in the TV miniseries for Pillars of the Earth. I haven't seen the miniseries, but the... The uh, Pillars of the Earth and the uh, the book that came after Rob, uh, Ken Follett, right? Yeah, Ken Follett, and he and they, they made a mini HBO or somebody else made a miniseries of the second book too. Yeah, the books are amazing. Oh, the books are phenomenal. Pillars of the Earth yeah. is like probably if I said I bought a book that I was fairly shady on, and by the end of the book, thinking like, wow, I just read. One of the best books I'm ever going to read in my life, Pillars of the Earth, is probably on the top of that list in terms of expectations versus what I got on the other side. Yeah, because I know your your taste in in books and things like that, and so you know I got that book off your recommendation, and it was great. Because I think I actually borrowed from you the second book. Yeah, yeah. Because you recommended the first one, and then I was like, oh, I got the second one. Here you go. I'm trying to remember what that, the whole series was called. Anyway, so Matthew McFadden starred in all that stuff, and all that leads up to Ripper Street. So Ripper Street takes place. It starts off with 
the year, I think it's approximately a year after the murders of Jack the Ripper have occurred mm-hmm. and have passed. Right. Jack the Ripper is no, is no longer is no longer killing. killing. Right. And then the first uh, episode of uh, Ripper Street starts off with a cap a copycat killer who's rolling out like mur- doing doing murders that sort of kind of are reminiscent of this Jack sec- the Ripper. The uh, second book, uh, Ken Follett, was World Without End. World Without End, which was fucking phenomenal yes. as well. Yes, Sorry. No, no, no. That's good. So, um, the second... The, so, the first season is kind of him, and he was one of the primary investigators on Jack the Ripper, and his, the first season is about his, him dealing with it. And what, how he's going to come back to the, and if, he, and I'm a big fan of cops and detectives and the entire police force, detective, all that stuff that's kind of spread all over the world is how, you know, London was one of the first big cities and they were like, how do we deal with, we got a million and a half people here. They're all doing crime. And how do we deal with that? So that your purse, your first, uh, professional Police department was developed there. Scotland Yard was developed there, all because it was the first huge concentration of people, and they had to, you know, develop a, a way to go about all this stuff and have all these people there, and still be able to maintain like law and order. So there's a it's a little bit of CSI in that he has an American doctor that's in town, which you don't know is he a good guy, a bad guy, but. He's been a Civil War surgeon, and he kind of knows all this stuff backwards and forwards. And so if a murder occurs, he can kind of come in and provide the CSI aspect of it, blah, blah, blah. And there's a lot of beautiful women involved in it. Now, the what I really, really like about it at the end of the day, it's phenomenally well-written. So if you think about what I like about around Deadwood, like why I like it, because Milch brings like a Shakespearean tone and um, verbiage and the, 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 what the, the characters are saying and their actions is very um, Shakespearean type. Like Ripper Street is, brings that same thing to the detective genre where it's it, like he's the ultimate good guy, McFadden, and he's trying to push his way forward, but at the end of the day, he's finding that in order to solve these crimes, he really does have to get down in the muck and kind of drag the shit behind him. And he's he's a very like stand up guy, and but his life his wife is like fuck you, you're never at home. I hate your guts. I'm gonna leave you at the end of this season one. And so he keeps kind of pushing forward and pushing forward, but it, it has this very Shakespearean Victorian era type deal going on. It's phenomenal. The season three I thought was the best season of all. Is it? Is it still going on? Yeah, I know. Season four at some point is going to queue up. Season so, uh, three was maybe three or four months ago. Would you? Uh, would you say it's a lot like Deadwood? In no, feel, in feel at least. Not not. Well, t- you know what I mean is. In terms of like, it wants to be a little bit highbrow intentionally, right? Like you can take a show and say, hey, fuck it. We realize like Sons of Anarchy is based on Shakespeare. 
But there's no one that's actually gone to the theater and watched Shakespeare that's watching the show, right? Right. So to to go intentionally highbrow would alienate probably the vast majority of people that are watching the show. Whereas Deadwood or Ripper Street, which is kind of in that genre of like it's a little bit highbrow, it's a little bit like well thought out, the characters have distinctive points of view, and they don't have to for lack of a better word, and this is not the right term, dumb down the the verbiage that the characters use and the terminology. It, it takes the sort of the the story points from like Shakespearean drama and puts it into a Western. Uh, right, but this, yeah. in terms of like where Hamlet for Shake, Sons of Anarchy takes Hamlet and puts it into... You're getting, you're getting culture, but you don't right. know it. Motorcycle game. It's a, it's, Ripper Street story. lifts yeah. that same kind of atmosphere and puts it into the, the detective genre, right? If that right. makes sense. Right. And it's it started in 2012? So four seasons? It's three seasons in. Um, let me click back here. I'm on the Pillars of the Earth. Ripper Street. Um, it's been on. It's got three seasons: twenty or twelve, thirteen, and fourteen. And it stars. And I really like the cast. I'm a big fan of McFadden. I think, like, if you've seen, which you said you have, if you've seen Pride and Prejudice, just like how like controlled he is, but at the same time, he's able to radiate a lot of um, intensity. It has Jeremy Flynn in it, who plays in Game of Thrones. He's Braun oh, in okay. Game of Thrones. He plays um, McFadden's sidekick. Um, it's got Adam Rothenberg, who is Captain Homer Jackson, who plays the American transplant CSI guy. Um, Mayanna Burning. <laughs> Who I'm, sounds like a venereal disease. Right, exactly. I am a burning. I'm burning. Well, here, here's some ointment. Penicillin. Myanna Burring um, plays the, the one of the lead females. And she is, is, that, is that, so smoking is hot. That, is that like Mississippi Burning? Mississippi <laughs> Burning. That's her brother. Mm-hmm. I think we have, a, burning, I think we have an ointment for that. <laughs> and Clive Russell, who you may have seen in some other BBC type stuff. I'm trying to see if there's anybody else that's been in. So, uh, you have seen that, then that you probably guess probably haven't seen enough BBC stuff to to know these other characters. But it's highly recommendable. It's very much in the vein of like um, if you take if you were to take Castle or any of the other American TV shows and serious it up a little bit. And um, take it kind of to the next level and stop it being about, oh, is he going to make out with her this weekend in this episode? <laughs> if you took it along, like, is he going to... Because uh, Matthew McFadden's character is super sacrificial. Like, he um, keeps meeting women that fall in love with him. But... <laughs> All these women. Oh, he my pushes God, on. they love He me. basically has to say, no, I can't, you know, do the nasty, this tonight because i gotta go figure out who murdered x y and z because this this is a series and i'm actually yeah not, like, we've not got that string, into you. we have to string this along i gotta well, get renewed I, I think i think it's funny that you say that because uh, you've talked about it in previous podcasts that you know you could recommend 70 different bbc shows and everybody talks about amc oh, look at the programming they're coming up with and stuff like 
you look over to the BBC and they have been doing this in and out. They yeah, have so had, between they BBC have a, they and BBC a, America, yeah. They have mm-hmm. a tremendous commitment to quality shows. And you can say a lot of that for for British broadcast series and things like that for decades. Well, for that, sure. And I think they've done enough of a job. Like um, a lot of – there's two things. So a lot of uh, the shows that have been um, – on HBO have been partially produced and or star a lot of people from the BBC like Rome on HBO is one of my favorite series of all times co-produced and executed by the BBC so in America it showed under HBO's flag and England it showed under BBC Um, great cast great writing great storytelling didn't really hit home with the hit HBO, it's got to be a hit, got to be a hit. So I think after two and a half seasons, it kind of got it moved on. But Rome, phenomenal series. Well, isn't um, wasn't one of the main characters in Rome the guy who's a main character in Grey's Anatomy now, the redhead? <clears throat> yeah, and I have not. I, I have to admit, I have never once watched a second of but Grey's I, Anatomy. I, believe that he's a Scottish, Kevin Kevin McKidd a Scottish actor and he Yeah, he's phenomenal. He is a ama- like, he yeah. was amazing in Rome and He's in Grey's Anatomy. And you look at you look at uh AMC's The Walking Dead Michonne uh Rick right uh a big portion of their characters are either originally British or Mag- British based. Mag- Maggie. Maggie. She she's American based, but she is actually from English. England. And I so. loved Rick. I loved Karen Nightingale's movie. Um, what is the one with her and Rick in it? Um, golly, I did not know they did a movie together. They did a movie together, but it's, it's so funny. And she and he every time was so see, in love with her, he fucked her his best friend over for her. Well, of, of course. Um, but that's a funny thing. Every time you watch the uh, the Talking Dead afterwards, they have it's like half the cast. <laughs> I know is, when they start is, talking, is, it's like, is, is British. Wow. It's like is anybody American? <laughs> so Love Actually is the name of the movie. Oh, okay. You probably have seen it. But uh, Rick is the guy that is friends with the person she's engaged to and gets married to, and he shoots all the video, and then afterwards she sees like. The video he really shoots for himself, which is about how in love with her he is. It's a very sad story. Yeah, that's so. I'm Kevin McKidd is the Scottish. I don't know if he's is he Scottish. I think he's Scottish. Yeah. So he starred in Rome. It's not Scottish. It's crap. It's crap. <laughs> <laughs> or from Do you not hear my brogue? <laughs> in being Scottish is shite. <laughs> from Train Spotting. Um, so like. <laughs> He was in, so he, I really, really liked him in Rome. And he moved on to a series that I sort of kind of like called Journeyman. And let me read you guys the thing for Journeyman because it's a little bit difficult to understand. A man travels back in time to help people in trouble. So he was in, he was living life. Wasn't that called called Quantum Leap? It was called Quantum Leap. (laughs) It was called New Amsterdam. It was called, now they have another one uh, called Loopers. Whatever, but Doctor Journeyman <laughs> was actually a pretty good. It was okay, but 
It was he got caught up in it's like a CBS thing, right? Which means um, if you if you haven't seen New Amsterdam, which is helmed by um, let me click over here, it's the best of these genre. Nikolai Nikolak Coaster Waldo, Nikolai Chichescu. Yeah, who is Games of Thrones guy? He plays Jamie Lannister. Oh, okay. Right, so you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. So he actually... He's was, the sister stupor. Yeah, he folks his sister. <laughs> like all Europeans are banging their sisters and stuff. That's what they do. Um, he was actually in Oblivion, which is your one of your favorite movies. Watched it again last night. Did you spank it while you watched it? <laughs> no, did you not watch it together? Because she wanted to like understand it. She's like, I'm not sure if I fully understand this movie. So I had to so, sit with her and explain it to her. He Don't was in a movie either. that, or a TV thing that was only re- released on, what was the name of the service where you used to be able to go in, it wasn't Hulu, but you used to be able to go in and watch like online, like Saturday Night Live episodes and stuff like that. Oh, I can't remember. Anyway, the Pirate Bay. The NBC, name of NBC. the <laughs> series was called Virtuality. And so here's the, the thing. Twelve extremely talented men and women have chosen to become part of the Phaeton mission, a 10-year trek to explore a distant planetary system in order to endure the stress of being confined in their high-tech vi- uh, vessel. This ship, the crew, passes the time using advanced virtual reality modules that allow them to take on various ad- identities. Jesus, but, fucking, Jesus, dude. But, <laughs> but as the ship... Uh, uh, approaches a critical phase of the journey, a deadly flaw is discovered in the virtual reality system. And the flaw it becomes is the sex Forcing holodeck. them to and question the, and if someone on board might be a killer. And so the flaw is called done, your mother. <laughs> it was only done as a pilot, and it was done for FX or no shit, Fox, right? and they killed it. Yeah, but it was Jamie Lannister, and it's really, really cool. I What's if you can fi- virtuality, if you can find this online, Sounds familiar. Via Hulu or whatever, I highly encourage you to watch Virtuality. You know, it's really cool. Because just, I do not doubt the veracity of what you're saying, that it is very cool. Are but you, are you that, doubting me? Or you're as, do- oh. as far as how many words you threw out in that <laughs> elevator pitch. No, as, as far as, as what you read off that elevator pitch, what the fuck? I don't even know what I'm looking at. It's, it's Which that, is good. You don't need, yep. you don't need yep. to. Just fucking do what I say. Yeah, yeah, and that's why it never did anything more than a pilot. because You lost Paul there. Yeah, it's, they're sitting there as executive saying, I'll like I will see you later. It, 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 the pilot, if I remember correctly, actually never aired on TV. Exactly. Because it was too awesome. That's because it had too many words. So what I'm saying is you should watch Ripper Street. <laughs> I, 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 like, I, like, I like money too we should hang out so what? one of the things I think that and I'm a huge history buff without a doubt so the BBC and, and I, these are things that I'm going to talk about in future podcasts with Ripper Street has done with BBC and BBC America has done a pretty good job of so Copper which right. is about the Irish cops in New York. I've heard of that. It, one, it, yeah. it, it's really, really good. Um, it's BBC America. Cough drop? No. Okay. I'm good. Co- so, copper drop? Copper. Copper. Drop. Copper so, damn near killed her. <laughs> Ripper Street is in right after London. the Jack the Ripper stuff. And it, and it, it, 
thank God at the end of season one rotates away from the Jack the Ripper thing and goes on to other stories. Mm. Um, but well, it was ser- called Ripper Street. It's like, the theory, Jesus, how many well, women just, can I murder? Huh? Which is what what's bad in, in naming <laughs> your series something that's like really specific. By the by, the start of series three, it has nothing to do with any of that stuff, right? So it, it's Ripper Street is the name of the show. It has nothing to do with that. It is literally like that industrial revolution. London was a shitty, shitty, shitty place to be during that time period. And the cops are trying to beat skulls and figure out who's killing people and move on down the road. So that's, it becomes much more about that. Like how does this, this city and, and this little, 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 little um, area of uh, London, which is called White Chapel, how does it progress? Now, BBC... Not, not White Castle. With, not White Castle. With their their like, sliders are delicious. Yes, so BBC are. has another thing called White Castle, which is during the <laughs> 50s and... Um, not that White Castle. very prophetic, Paul. Cap- Captain Segler here. <laughs> White Chapel, which started in 2009, which is um, a detective story about... And I think it's set in the 60s and 70s. It has one, two, three, four seasons. Um, really cool, but it is a very much updated in the same area that Ripper Street happens like hundreds of years earlier. Whitechapel comes back in and kind of shows you like we're still doing the same shit in the same area because people are stupid and they're still killing each other and they're still doing stuff that we have to come in and, and break up as a crime unit. So, really good shows. So um, these are all BBC, right? Yep. Are, are, they, are there sub-production houses that are doing it or is it all just straight BBC? Straight BBC. So it looks like Whitechapel, I think – is on Amazon. I think I actually watched the first two seasons on Hulu. And um, Ripper Street is on... Um, says it's on, a- on Amazon, but that may mean that you can pay for it. But the first two seasons were on Netflix, is, which is... The first three seasons, I'm sorry, were on Netflix, and I watched, that's where I watched it. it. looks like Ripper Street is all on Netflix, as it only has three seasons, and Whitechapel is... Uh, Four seasons on, and I could go on about Whitechapel, and it's got a bunch of actors in it that are from other shows, BBC shows, BBC shows that I watch. But I don't. I just want to kind of juxtapose that in that they roll, you roll forward a hundred years, and they can still make a show in the same neighborhoods that are still investigating the same stuff because people are dumb, and um, it's still going on there. Well, and there's a especially with the the British series there's a lot of cross-pollination with actors and stuff like that and they do a really good job of like moving over to different roles and being totally different characters i'd really be interested in seeing if if how many different production companies underneath bbc are involved with you know because you have like hbo but you have all these different production houses involved and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know how they do it over there. I, I know that it's definitely different than how they do it here. Right. Um, you know, most of the BBC stuff is like government-run, organized, and basically you go to the BBC and say, hey, we have a really cool series we'd like to show. And they're like, okay, show us and talk to it. And then they, they show it on, and they, and it may have become a little bit more capitalistic over the last well, couple I of mean, years. Well, I mean, but there's still different production houses that are independent that are bringing 
programming to the BBC. You know what I mean? It's it's not. I don't think it's nearly as like that. Like you're thinking about how America is. How there's all these people out there making content, and they bring it to the BBC and say, "Hey, show it." I think the BBC is really involved, like from the beginning to the end, because at the end of the day, that you know, it is a publicly run and owned like it's owned by the people that watch it right right. they it is much more like involved governmentally um that, which I is think has be... its pros and cons but yeah he played rick grimes was um a guy in love actually i think that'd be uh something interesting in future uh podcasts to talk about talk about the different production systems and stuff. Yeah, I like wish that. I knew more about like what you're talking about cuz I'm only really guessing about how it turns out and how it goes. But there's no hit factory for the BBC. They don't really give a shit at the end of the day like, "Oh, you got a great hit, you want to run right. 20 seasons?" We'll go fuck off. It's not happening here. Like most of the like well, bigger series are three or four, maybe five seasons of four or five shows and then they're like they move on. Yeah. Uh, th- I- I'll take a look into it, and we'll talk about it in the future. It's your homework. Yeah, it's my homework for the day. Because, you know, hits don't happen in a vacuum. Is that there's a lot of behind-the-scenes production value put in a lot of talent, a lot of work, a lot of money invested in 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 the American season or way of doing things, yes. I I don't think we're unique from the... I don't think... The British system is that. I think it's different. different. I yeah, I, 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 a little bit. Like uh, I think that the American BBC thing is a little bit of a hybrid, but I think that the way the BBC thing and definitely you can report back next time. Yeah, I think it's yeah. enough difference that it's not a it's not a distinction without difference. I think it it is fairly dramatically different from the way we do things here, which is a pure. Like, hey, I'm going to go out and create content and shop it around, and hopefully somebody picks it up. Yeah, which I think, I think that'd be an interesting thing to look into. No, I totally agree. Yeah, because I totally agree with you that British broadcast produces a lot of really great content compared to the United States. When you th- or when other, you think about like India what or- just goes out to the general, you know, the general public, where I feel like 55 percent of what comes over the free airways here in the United States is CSI related or yeah reality TV <laughs> bachelor uh, American Idol whatever. horrible of horrible oh yeah it's all reality based TV oh, it is on the decline. The, the, oh, thankfully on the decline well and the, the well and they found that they're like there was a shift to that because the reality based TV started primarily in Japan because that's where it took off from. And then American media sort of jumped onto it. It's like, this is cheap to produce. It is very topical. It is God very... damn you, MTV. Yeah. Right. Real, thank, thanks, real world. Thanks, real world. Which, whenever I watch any of that bullshit <clears throat> on TV, all I can think of, if you think of the opening credits for the real world season one, mm. is when that cowboy guy goes, True story! <laughs> Yeah. That's all I can think about. Whenever any of this stuff comes on the air, Real yeah. Housewives of whatever the fuck, when is that dumbass real. going, true story. Well, and the, the, but like the whole, I'm glad, like Ron said, it was it's on a decline now. I logged, like, I, went, I went on to, this morning, I went on to the Weather Channel to see what the 
fucking weather was. And they had series running back to back to back. Prospectors. We're up in Alaska looking for gold or something. Or some, <laughs> on the Weather some, Channel? Yeah, on the Weather Channel. It's yeah. like, you're running. I want to see the weather. Like the network that formerly used to be about history. Yeah. But <laughs> there's, like you said, somebody said, <clears throat> it's on the decline now. It is. AMC, and now History Channel's rolled back around and has one of my favorite series called Vikings. Which, if you guys haven't seen it, you guys need to see it. And I'll the, talk about I Season three just started mm. last week. Yeah. The um, one of the, I think it was AMC or it was one of the major channels said that they are majorly canceling all reality based stuff. Because it's shit. Because it is the lowest common denominators that you will end up on popcorn flicks as. Cheaters or something, yeah. something like that. Ten years from I, now, we will end up on popcorn. Flakes. I think they're finding out long term that the real, reality-based TV nobody watches that stuff in reruns. Nobody watches it for syndication. Nobody no, it can't go in syndication. Nobody watches yeah, it. Has it. no value stream. There's, it's right. just like one and yeah. done. It's a one and done deal. And so, but where they produce a quality show like whatever it is, House of Cards, AMC, or, you know, uh, like, yeah, the you know, uh, uh, Mad Men, right? Like Mad Men. It can live on and on and on and on. See, and that, that's the thing that and you, make money after money. After well, money. you look, you look at uh, you look at shows like like. Honey Boo Boo. No, I don't want to. No. Exactly. You fucking can't. I've never but, seen a second. You're not going to. Right. Yeah, right. But that's, that's the thing is that it has, like Ron's saying, there's no replayability and you run into the trap that there's some hidden history in these families, then suddenly it's un, you have to cancel it. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that, that was the thing with Honey Boo Boo is that there came up some stuff with family abuse and stuff with with that show. And she started dating the the child rapist guy. Yeah, exactly the the mom in the show, and then suddenly they had to stop it. Right. And they nobody is going to ever go back and watch this. Nobody cares. No, this, nobody it's cares. It's disposable. It's disposable and, television. And it's, and it's like the, the my, my hidden. Uh, my guilty dildo? pleasure is the batch, the bachelor. <laughs> the bachelor. Always go back to dildos. We watched Nikki and I watched that because it's it's like man, they get some crazy fucking people on there. But I would never go back and rewatch an episode of that ever because once you watch it, it's like okay, it's gone. The shock value is gone. Well, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like oh. He didn't pick trailer trash. Okay, great. You know, it, it's it's one Booker, of those let's move on. Well, and exactly, and it's reality TV like Duck Dynasty. Any of those shows, I cannot imagine anybody. But man, would you like to go back and watch when they was out in the swamp and ten years from now? And, and, is anybody going to watch the season three of Duck Dynasty? Right, but it's shows like Rome and things like that that you go back. I could watch that. I could go mm. back and watch Buffy. I could go back. Have and you watch. watched Rome? I have watched Rome. Yeah, I watched the first. Yeah, phenomenal. Well, that's that's where I knew that the actor he went on yeah. to uh, Grey's Anatomy, and I was he was amazing in Grey's Anatomy, <laughs> and I did not realize that until you hear interviews with him, he has a very definite Scottish brogue. <laughs> yeah, he's he's definitely hiding all that in his acting. Yeah, and. The two of my favorite TV characters ever was he played. Let me look at the name up. Uh, Lucius Verinus, and his sidekick was Titus Pullo. 
And if you watch those two guys, let's, what I liked about <laughs> some awful like uh, Life of Brian, TP yeah. and my TP and my people's front, TP and my bundle. So if you, if you if you watch the series, you know it's friend? it's literally biggest, these two biggest, dudes biggest. that are just fighting day by day by day for their life, and that you in in you the weaving in and out of you know uh, Augustus and um, all the the big. Players like the it's it centralizes on these two little bitty guys in the big theme. What are you guys? You making guys making <laughs> eyes? Scrotum Maximus <laughs> Incontinentia buttocks. <laughs> if you add, an, have you met my wife? Incontinentia <laughs> buttocks. Why? Are, why are you laughing? I have <laughs> I have teepee in my bunghole. <laughs> and the, the other guy was uh, uh, biggest dickest, biggest dickest in, in continentia buttocks, thickest foreskinness. Life of Brian, you can't oh, get past Brian. that. Was good stuff. It was Michael Palin as Caesar. And in Rome, his wife was played by. Let me see if I can. She was actually the wife in Luther that Greg was talking about last week. Oh right. Oh, what is her name? What is her name? And and somebody I really like out of Rome was James Porfoy. Um, he was the he's the bad guy in the following the Kevin Bacon. Oh yeah yeah nemesis. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's he's Kevin Bacon's arch nemesis in the following. Um, he was in some really cool movies um, around uh, medieval knights and stuff like that. James Porfoy. He was in Rome. Good stuff. Put it on the watch list. You should. You should watch Rome. But before that, you should watch Ripper Street. Three seasons of greatness. Uh, What uh, is Rome running on Prime? Rome is on HBO Go. So if you have Amazon, you probably have maybe a series or two. It's also on either Amazon Prime or... um Netflix, maybe, yeah, maybe Amazon Prime. I, it's I Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's not Netflix. It seems like a, a lot of the uh, HBO content. Well, they have tends that, to sort of go over to Prime. That, I think that's the only they they signed. Like HBO had been extremely stingy with all their stuff, and Lord knows how much Amazon had to pay them to peel off all the stuff that they peeled off and put on there. But I do think you can watch Amazon Prime, and maybe the first two or three seasons of Rome right. on there. But um. Of, There's no way it's available anywhere else. Yeah, because apparently there is no end to the amount of money that Amazon can spend on stuff. Because well, with the 500,000 packages I've had delivered <laughs> no kidding. in the last year, I'm sure I've, my, my, myself alone, I've made them a million dollars, I think. Right. Yeah, I'm keeping them in business for sure. Good gosh, every day there's a fucking package on the door. I just cannot wait Friday. for the drone deliveries. I want... It'd be like skeet shooting out in my yard. <laughs> I will order stuff just so I can shoot them out of the sky. Slot. Boom. You are invading my airspace. So I don't, you're not on Facebook, Paul. So Ron put on this the snowboarding trip thing to um, Santa Fe, where me, him, and Michael went out, and we started talk and 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 in, in enjoyment of my birthday last week. Ron put in some photo of me. With a gun and all my equipment on, we're out hunting. From our hunting trip. And the, the only thing I keep, what is in his verbiage around all the stuff he put on the picture <laughs> was about shooting buzzards out of the sky and all that stuff. And my retort to him was, no, that was 
Paul that was trying to shoot buzzards out of the sky with a rifle and almost blew my head off with a shotgun. <laughs> oh, my God. The, that buckshot came nowhere near you. You were literally, <laughs> it went a foot over my head. That's pretty near. No, not- I'm standing there slightly downhill of you as you twist and turn and are shooting at things. <laughs> and buckshot flew a, a foot over my head. Here you yeah. go, Paul. I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> I saw it. And it was magnificent. <laughs> and if I could figure out a way to put a buzzard on my head and then a squirrel on top of the buzzard's head on my head, then... That would be awesomeness. Or my favorite thing was walking with the squirrel like it was my little buddy. Like, we're going to the zoo or something. That, that should be... Uh, the episode should be squirrel hat. Yes, and right. you need to find that picture of the, him wore, wearing a squirrel oh, as where a he's hat. holding it up over his head, <laughs> no, making, it, making it talk. No, it was firmly planted on my head because <laughs> Brian saw 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 fit to to take that little beast out. I shot him, and I, wore, I did not wear him as a hat though. <laughs> I, I wore him as a fancy squirrel hat. killer, <laughs> and I ate him with fava beans. <laughs> So that's it. That's today. It's Sunday. It's uh, seven twenty-seven. We've I've had six Jack and Cokes. We've had a lot of uh, drinks and stuff. We've eaten a lot of Greek chips. Greek uh, Lay's wavy. Greek we are we Satzitsky are We are chips. so so in debt. <laughs> yes. Need some real. I need some real food now. Yes. <laughs> we played five hundred and fifty-seven thousand drachmas for today's snacks. <laughs> All right. That's it. We're out. Later. Bye.